Hi, this is Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And you're listening to Bros Watch PLL2. Today we are talking about S6E4, Don't Look Now. This episode was written by Janelle Lennon and directed by Arlene Sanford. This is her eighth episode that she's directed. This is a good episode. Had a, a nice mix of the, the pathos and the mystery. Lots of fun. Lots of answers. It's the summer of it. Yeah. Hey, Marco, did you know that there's a Saratoga in New York? I do now, thanks to our listeners. Well, and so let's get real here. Like, we not only fucked that up, we fucked it up hard because that's where Dr. Palmer now spends his days. When Mona was in Rally the mm. first time, that's where they wanted to send her. But Hannah's impassioned speech saved her from being transferred there. I'm just going to blame Google. You know, Google knows I'm in California, so it was only showing me California results for Saratoga. But honestly, like, thank you for everyone who said something to us in whatever form you did. We really appreciate it. But, like, honestly, we should have known that just from the show itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of people chimed in that it's like Saratoga Springs. One or two were like, oh, hey, there's a Saratoga in, like, Florida, too. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like Mona's going to Florida. I feel like if she's going to Florida, she's not coming back to Rosewood. Well, she's at like a spa or something. So I okay. guess there's spas in Saratoga Springs. There you go. Let us consider this the end of the Saratoga conversation for now. <laughs> for now. If you haven't tweeted us about it yet, we no longer require that. We have the what, information. What I appreciate, though, is that it was immediate. Like mm-hmm. it was like within hours after the episode went up, a lot of responses, <laughs> which was cool. Um, and just terrifying. charting that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to fade in on heartbroken Allison De Laurentiis here. It's the same night as the previous episode. I got to say, I've had about enough of Mopey Alley here. Like it's time for her to start blackmailing some people who are flying planes again. I, uh, I felt her pain a little bit over the course of this episode, but yeah, this is not the Allison. This is not the, the conniving, scheming Allison that I know and love. Mm-hmm. The Allison that other people hate that mm-hmm. we love. This is not her. Yeah. <laughs> so she's just, you know, looking mopey and sad because she's apparently just broken some news to them. Hannah says, so what'd your dad say when you showed him the picture? Uh, we can see they're all in the same clothes from the last episode. They're in Spencer's room. Ari says, did he admit Charles is the boy next to Jason? And Spencer's like, guys, give her a minute. Spencer is the one advising restraint here. Yeah. They formed a, a liar wall, like facing Allie. They're all standing up facing her. She's mm-hmm. sitting down. And uh, Allie says, you know, dot, dot, dot. Charles is my brother. Ari and Spencer kind of exchange looks. Hannah, too. Emily says, then why hasn't he been living with your family this whole time? Mini flashback to like 30 minutes ago. Mm. Allie and Jason, they're finally getting their talk with their dad. Kenneth says, like, I'm not going to do the voice. He says, Charles was born 15 months before Chase. (laughs) Your mother and I knew he was troubled. And at an early age, we took him to the best doctors and therapists we could find. And Allie asked what was wrong with him. And he says, they didn't know for sure. Uh, but by the time you were one, it was too dangerous to keep him in the house. We were scared for your safety, so we had him institutionalized. And Allie seems just like horror struck by this. Mm. Uh, Jason's just like crossing his arms. Um, I would swear this is like the first time we've seen Kenneth look like kind of vaguely happy. 
<laughs> like he seems a little little chill. It's it's Maybe it's like the, the weight it, is coming off, you know? It's perversely happy. <laughs> like he's got this kind of I don't know, like pee drunk grin, like, <laughs> like quivering on his lips. Yeah, Jason says where. And Kenneth says, Where do you fucking think? Bradley. <laughs> yeah, we we tried to find the best doctors and therapists, and uh when that didn't work out, we went to Radley. Just like I always that's what I was cracking up about Ezra going to Hollis. It's like with your money. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they they both give each other sharp looks, uh, Jason and Allie do here. And Jason's like, how is it possible that nobody in this town ever mentioned him? And Kenneth says, nobody knew him. We moved here after Charles was admitted. Your mother wanted to be close to him. Okay, so let's just get a couple facts and details like out of the way here. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, placing the notes just moved. So Charles is not a twin, right? Mm-hmm. He's born 15 months before Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's about a year older than Jason. He's institutionalized when he was, I don't know, like five, six-ish. Like, it's not totally clear. Some young age. Or eight-ish? Thirteen? No, because Allie was one year old. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Peter and Jessica had their affair after he was born. Peter snuck right in the middle. Because it seems that they suggested in the past that the the De Laurentiis clan lived in Rosewood mm-hmm. before they had kids, or maybe just when you know they had that first kid. Then they moved away to Georgia. Then they moved back. Mm-hmm. So Peter has to know about Charles, then, right? I mean, I, either two things are possible: he knows and maybe helped with the cover up, or like was Jessica just like a like a one night stand at the bar and he didn't find out till later? I don't know. <laughs> I could see Jessica not telling Peter, the guy she's having the affair with, that she's already had one child. I mean, a lot of people are like, well, she would have had her kids six months ago. How could she go father or you know, mother another child? And it's like, uh, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> you just need, you know, Peter's just like, give me 20 minutes. In fact, make it 10. Uh, Billy Spencer worded it well the other episode. Mm-hmm. Like we both know that you don't need goblins yeah. <laughs> sneaking into houses late at night. Um, yeah, I... it's Peter Hastings. What can you yeah, I, I'd really like to hear Peter's perspective on this. I hope Spencer thinks of that soon because we go back to her room and Emily. Well, just I was like... just gonna say like this episode is airing and you could just hear like the scribble on notebooks of people are like revising theories, mm-hmm. crossing oh, shit, shit out. I gotta log in the Tumblr real quick. Yeah. So Emily's like, I'm so sorry, Allie. And of course she is. She has to come over and comfort. The rest of the liars are just kind of like, eh. Um, and Spencer's like, God, all roads lead back to Radley. Uh, and her and Hannah sit down to process. And Ari's like, I don't get it. Why wouldn't your parents tell you about him? Why keep him a secret? And we go back to the flashback again. And Ken says, your mother wanted to tell you. But I thought we should wait until you got older. And he walks over to his mini bar and sets that picture of uh, Charles and Jason down. And Allie's like, why? Kenneth says, I wanted you to have a normal childhood without the distraction. Jason's like, distraction? Is that what you call your own son? Uh, Like, suddenly they're like super defensive here. And he's just like, he would have consumed our lives. Jason says, so you lied and told me Charlie wasn't real. And Kenneth says, I thought I was doing the right thing. Just ponder that. Kenneth's like, gaslighting my own kid? That's the right thing, right? And Kenneth says, we hoped Radley would help him. That in time he'd get better. And Allie says, but instead he got worse. 
And they all glare. And Kenneth looks like he's holding in a fart right now. And Ali says, he's the person who set up, or who set me up for Mona's murder. He kidnapped and tortured my friends. And Ken says, Charles couldn't have done that. And we go back to the liars, and Hannah says, how is your father so sure? And Ali says, because Charles is dead. Boom. Ponder that. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, like, after the credits, we're, we're still in Spencer's room. Uh, and Allison tells us that he killed himself when he was 16. He never left Radley. And Ari's ha- and Hannah's faces are both like, oh? Well, look at how, like, moist in the eyes Allie is over some bro she just learned about, like, a half hour ago. But Spencer's like, how did he do it? And Spencer is asking the question that we're all wondering. I mean, I was wondering. Spencer that. wants the gruesome details. I did, I like, think- Hannah's face is basically like, don't give a fuck. But uh, I think Sarah pointed out that uh, Spencer, she was worried about Spencer the way she asked. How did he do it? Uh, so Allison says he took pills. Emily says, well, where did they bury him? Allison says, my dad was out of the country when it happened, so my mom had him cremated. But Hannah thinks it stinks, so she's like, he's lying. Hannah's and calling I'm, bullshit in this episode. Yeah. Ari's like, how can you be so sure? Hannah's like, no body, no grave, no proof. Put that on his shirt. Allison is sick and tired of of people telling her that her dad is lying and she's like he's not lying hannah he would never protect someone who's trying to hurt us um which echoes what she said was it two episodes ago about how he'd be down yeah. at the police station right now if that's what he thought Hannah's like two days ago he said there was no charles the in the family why believe him now Nelson? good point hannah he didn't want to tell me about charles because he was ashamed of what he did to him to my family and spencer's like look a responds to the name Charles, and clearly the whole movie means a lot to him. So that's enough reason for us to believe that your brother might still be alive. If you want to rule him out, we just have to find proof of his death. Also, the first and last episodes are called Game On and Game Over Charles. Yeah. I like the when Hannah kind of jumps up there and she's like, you know, why believe him now? The framing is neat. Like, she towers over Arya and Spencer just the way it's framed. Like she's she's leading this uh, this rabble group right now. Yeah. Now, also, is it just me or is Arya, Arya like shady as fuck in this episode? She's like this very is... casually nagging constantly. Yeah, Arya is is unique in the way that only Arya can be. But mm-hmm. her fashion later, it's not even like. Like fucking bizarre abstract Dada art, like Arya's clothes usually are. It's just like mesmerizing. Um, so Emily's like, "Well, how do we do that?" And Hannah's like, "We go to Radley." And Emily has this look on her face, like, "Fuck," you know. <laughs> well, she like, glares like, at Hannah. Yeah, like, and so uh, Hannah says, "Someone who works there has to know what happened to Charles." And Arya's like, "We can't go to Radley." And Hannah's mm. like, well, "Why not?" And Arya's like, "It closed down." Remember, she said to her other self. Well, and then she gets this super shady like look on her face, and her eyes are like darting all over. Like she's looking for someone to back her up. Like, like it doesn't seem weird that I know that, right? Yeah. Uh, and they just all look away, disgusted. So I feel like, like Arya's like shit. trying to keep them from going to Radley here. Mm-hmm. So in Hannah's bedroom later. Caleb is like just chilling on the air mattress. His shirt is some kind of like cubist masterpiece. Hannah comes in. I love that she the detail that she comes in. Her shoes are already off. She's walking in barefoot. Mm-hmm. Caleb jumps up to hug her and he's like, hey. "Well, she's. I think she's holding the shoes." Yeah, she's holding the shoes. Yeah. Um, he's like, "Hey, I came as soon as I heard about Andrew. You okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm just exhausted. My head hurts. I need to go to bed." He's like, "Okay. Uh, well." Your mom said I could spend the night. And she smiles. She's relieved and she says she's glad. So Ashley is just giving permission. Yeah, well, she can't fight anymore. I mean, she's already watched them do stuff. While she's leaned in the corner of a glass of wine. <laughs> you know, that plateau has been reached. Uh, yeah, but Hannah is definitely like, she's rubbing her head. She walks past him. He He's concerned. Her mind is elsewhere right now. Yeah. Like, I thought it was interesting. He kind of like put a hand on her shoulder, 
kind of trying to be comforting and she kind of she didn't like brush it away but she she didn't like really you know return the the physical intimacy there well she walks past like off screen presumably to get ready for bed and he watches her and he has the smile on his face that basically tells you she's home she's in the nest i can keep an eye on her i am Mm -hmm. pleased yeah um so next day we're in emily's house emily's bedroom she's in her bathrobe watching sarah harvey play for hair in the mirror and emily says i like it sarah's like you do I, i i'm not so sure and then he's like, it's a good look for you. And Sarah says, thanks. And there's a knock on the door and a door opens. It's Pam Fields. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's her face? Sarah's hair right now. It's kind of like this like must look. Um, kind of like, I don't know, a little uncombed. It, this is a better look than what she's going to have later in the episode, I think. We'll, we'll get to that. But like, I think she needs to go back to this look. Mm. But yeah, Pam comes in pam just knocks and lets herself in as, as everybody does on the show mm-hmm. and she says good morning girls i just got off the phone with dr sullivan and she was able to make time to see both of you today and emily looks extremely embarrassed because uh, like really pam you can't just go around like making appointments for someone else to see a shrink like without their knowing right and emily's like dr sullivan is a therapist and pam says she works with people who experience trauma and I'm gonna take a shower. Yeah, Sarah gets a kooky look on her face. It's like I'm gonna take a shower. I gotta go return some videos. Um, I, I don't I know why this is so there. hilarious to me, but it definitely is. I feel like in six A alone, Sarah will say that more than we've ever heard. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it, it seems to be at least from you know what I've read on the internet that most people hate Sarah Harvey. Mm. I have to say, I kind of find her hilarious. Um, in just like a fucked up like gallows humor sort of way um maybe it's not the most polite thing to be laughing at somebody who's been traumatized for two years but she's funny to me i um uh, her shadiness to me is wearing she, off she's by so the squirrely but in a way that i can understand based on her storyline i you know i have sympathy for her but yeah she's and the plus I, I like the fact that she can acknowledge later on you know that she's not the sharpest pencil in the box right now, or she's not, you know, at her best. So Emily's just like, sure. So Sarah walks off and Pam's like, what was that about? I mean, like, first of all, Pam, just look at your water bill for the past two days. (laughs) Emily's like, she sighs. She's like, maybe she's not ready to talk. Pam says she needs to speak to someone about what she's been through. Emily says he can't force her to go. Pam says, well, maybe not, but you were shooting your dad's gun a couple days ago. So you're going. And he's like, you know what? Fuck my life. Yeah, she's like, geez, you, you let some lead fly to blow off some steam, and now you got to go to fucking therapy. Hmm. So meanwhile, in Arya's bedroom, she's just typing away on her laptop in an well, off position. She's pulled over like a wicker ottoman to her window seat there so she can type on it. That looks painful. It's painful to me to watch that. She's like hunched over. That's got to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's wearing she's, like an interesting talisman around her neck. Well, she's wearing, I think this is part of the chess piece that Hector of Troy wears. Hmm. Uh, and when he goes into battle, it's like this massive square gold thing. Um, she's she's on Exter. You have to like insert it in the old temple door at the solstice for like mm-hmm. the light to shine in. And it opens to show you the map of the treasure is. Yeah. And, and then she has some, some sort of weird summer dress on with like barely any back to it. It has like cats and animal print shit on it. Uh, mm-hmm. she's, she's on Exter typing away doing some searching um did you notice how loud she types it's seriously like chong 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 yeah um yeah she, she, yeah she might as well have like a like a typewriter 
<laughs> yeah. Charles De Laurentiis death record, no results. Charles De Laurentiis obituary, no results. And there's a knock on her door, and her dad lets himself in. It's special guest star Chad Lowe, the maestro himself. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm done editing my episode. I, although I kind of wonder, we didn't hear a door open. He just kind of like swings it wider. Maybe Arya is leaving her door cracked like Spencer does. Because uh, her windows are open. We can hear the the outdoors. So I, I, I kind of have to think that's intentional. That they're um, kind of making sure that uh, they're not feeling claustrophobic. Either that or the Meister just caught her in her, the Shushers like usual office hours. Mm-hmm. Montgomery home. So he says, She's like, I'm available from uh, 3.30 to 4.30. He's like, can I come in? She says, sure. She closes her laptop. He comes in and picks up her camera. Which Did is you different. notice how she closed the laptop? Just barely. Well, like just it, much more attempting to be casual than when she did it with Ezra in the previous episode. Oh, because yeah, like, I feel like that was her attempt to be like, this is her learning. Like, she's going to try to be a little more subtle. Yeah, she's learning because this, that asshole like fucking put her on the spot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hey, Ezra, there's some things you can notice quietly to yourself. Yeah. Um, so Byron picks up a camera off her desk. This is a different one. It's like a wider angle lens. And he says, I noticed you've been taking pictures the last couple of days. And Ari says, yeah, it just feels good to focus on something other than myself. LOL. Well, this is the right. point where Byron realizes that the pod person has taken his daughter's appearance and that the real Arya is still trapped in her cocoon down in the dollhouse. Byron's just like, man, that dollhouse must have really fucked you up. Uh, and so he says, uh, he puts the camera back, says, Tanner called. Now that Andrew's been released, she's eager to meet with the girls. Uh, told her you need a few more days. And she says, thanks. Obviously, she's not eager to talk to the cops now. And he says, look, if you don't want to see a professional yet, I-, I get it. But I just wanted you to know that when you are ready to talk, I'm here. Or if you want to write about it. Yeah. And Ari says, I appreciate that, but I don't need to talk about what happened. And he says, oh, maybe not now. And she says, no, not ever. I just want to move forward and get on with my life, okay? And she gets up and walks past him, uh, takes her camera, and he's, it's like, you can see him take this in, and he's going to try a, a different tack now. He says, how about we do something? Just the two of us. Let's go to a movie or mini golf. Uh, hey, Byron, uh, to Aria, that's just regular golf. Mm-hmm. And Aria says, actually, I booked time to use the darkroom at Hollis. I just wanted to develop these photos. Um, I, can I take a rain check? And she's, it's like she keeps facing away from him. Like, she doesn't really want to look at him. So let me right. ponder this real quick, too. Mm-hmm. Does Byron even still teach at Hollis? Like, I had to kind of wonder as I thought about this. We stopped hearing so. about him going there, like, after Meredith tried to murder Arya and her friends. So I wonder, mm-hmm. like, if that's when the affair got out and Hollis, like, showed Byron the door. I, would Hollis do that, though? I feel like he's, like, juiced into, like, the, like, sleazy old man club there. Not sleazy enough. I mean, well, I mean, to avoid a scandal, I don't know. But I mean, like, it was like right around then, it was like suddenly he was going to Syracuse every fucking moment. I, I think that's just because they needed to get him out of town. Maybe. Who knows? Um, so Byron's like, sure, uh, I can drive you to campus. And Ari's like, oh, you don't have to do that. He says, but but I don't want you going out alone. And she says, but it, it's just the photo studio, Dad. There's going to be plenty of people around. And he says, okay, and text me when you get there. And she says, I will. Uh, the blocking of this is interesting it was like Arya could hardly stand to face him she kept turning away turning away um interesting to see a rosewood parent actually concerned now yeah like i guess they're like well andrew's not in jail so the kidnapper's still at large they have to actually try to be on guard i mean you'd think these girls would just be getting followed around by cops constantly now (sighs) these cops aren't doing a very good job Mm -hmm. of it i mean i saw again people attacking tanner online for wanting to talk to these girls it's like 
gosh, fuck her for doing her job. People just don't like Tanner. I, yeah. I don't know why that is. I think it's because she's so smug. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hannah's bedroom, it's morning. She wakes up, rolls over on her air mattress, looks around, and there's Caleb sitting in that one chair looking out the window, and he kind of looks back at her, and he's just... In the lawn chair? <laughs> yeah. Morning, beautiful. And she's like, what are you doing over there? And he kind of like turns, look out the window again. He's like, I'm watching the cops like switch shifts. And she kind of has a look on her face like, ugh. And she's like, how long have you been sitting in that chair? And he's like, long enough to see them switch for the second time. So she sighs, gets up, and she's just like, Kayla, when my mom invited you to spend the night, she meant to sleep. Uh, I think she meant to fuck, Hannah. (laughs) And Caleb's like, I know, I just, I can't. Not with what's still out there. And she's like, nothing's going to happen if those police can't decide. He's like, Hannah, there was a 10-minute gap from the time the first squad car left and the other one showed up. A lot can happen in 10 minutes. And then so we had to ask ourselves that (laughs) night, what if it was Toby? It was totally Toby. Because uh, uh, Hannah's like, why don't you just come lie down? And Caleb says, I will. I'm going to go talk to the cops first. Or go talk to that cop first. I want to see if the other guy left earlier if he showed up late. And I just picture that conversation. It's Toby, of course. And it's just like, Caleb, it was my bad. I stopped at the 7-Eleven to get a Red Bull and some Mike and Ikes. Please don't tell Spencer. I would feel Caleb's worry there, his issue. Because, uh, again, it's directly Toby's fault that Caleb ended up in Ravenswood. Well, maybe Lorenzo left early rather than Toby being late just because he's like, that guy shows up, he steals your car, you end up in Ravenswood. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But don't worry, everybody. The patriarchy will be represented by Caleb Rivers tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, Hannah does not look impressed. She's like, you really don't have to do that. He's like, you'll just take a minute. And he walks out and she watches him go and she's just like, whatever. So meanwhile, at the rear window brew, we see somebody. I I just want to make one comment about that sleeping arrangement there. I do not believe that Caleb could get up off of a noisy, uncomfortable air mattress without Hannah knowing. It's those not things the noise. Are, those things are awful. Yeah. It's it's the way that it's going to shake and move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, him trying to get off will basically fling her off the other side. Um, yeah, so that would there's... be funny if he comes and like sits back down like launches her into the air. <laughs> so there's a news article being read about Radley on, on a tablet. The headline is investment firm announces purchase Radley Sanitarium, which I mean, obviously that investment firm is going to be a right. Well, everyone's like, Oh, it's the Hastings or like, it says like a large investment firm. So it's going to be like an, a holding company or Mona. That'd be awesome. I don't know. It could, it could just be a fluke. Let's just assume it's the Japanese. We see that Spencer's the one reading this article. She zooms in on a phone number to call if one has questions. So she picks up her phone, starts dialing. As she like cradles the phone between her neck and shoulder, she looks up and sees like Ezra's like talking to one of the baristas behind the counter. And I just started phone. calling him Douche Ezra. Douchra? 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 Yeah. I don't know. A uh, woman on the phone, she's like, operator, can I help you? And Spencer got to be Spencer. She's just like, hi, uh, my daughter was a patient at Rally. How can I get a hold of her medical records? Well, she's she's trying to put on her best adult voice, but there's some it, ragged breathiness to it. It will like it's like she kind of drops the act after a couple syllables. It seems like I don't so, I don't I don't know if it was intentionally dropping the act or it's just she's not on her a game right now. Well, I feel like Spencer's voice is still you know used mm-hmm. from everything that happened in the dollhouse. But uh, the woman on the phone basically says that the the patients who transferred to another facility had their their files transferred with them, and the rest were sent to the River Hill Data Center. Um, so she's like, oh, that's where they're being stored, and the woman on the phone's like, no, that's where they're being shredded. And so she's like, thanks. And she hangs up. So, of course, Ezra walks Well, she, she has to hang up quickly because Ezra's coming over. He's, he's done pretending to be a boss. And now yeah. he's just like, hey. Spencer's like, hi. 
It's clear she doesn't want to talk to him, so of course he's going to butt in. He's like, are you alone? Creepy question coming from this guy. Yeah, and she says, "Um, my mom just went to the bank. She'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, I, There's a great little detail here. She puts her phone down, and she starts rubbing her palms together. Mm-hmm. This was the same kind of nervous tick that she had when she was speeding back in season four. Mm-hmm. I have to think that's intentional that well, she's I doing think, this here. I think it's, yeah, I think it's intentional, too, that she has scenes with Ezra here. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, especially considering the subject matter of Spencer's storyline here, you can't but help remember that and like their antagonism. Yeah. Well, cause he, he says, you know, here's mom's going to be back in a few minutes and he goes, ah, and then he looks around and it's like, he just decides like with no invitation, no prompting. He just sits right down next to her and mm-hmm. stares right at her. Mm-hmm. So, um, how are you doing? And she's like, none of your fucking business. You know, we create nosy creep. Yeah. So she says, it's strange to be back. Whenever I go, everybody stares at me, but nobody says anything. And he's like, well, it can be kind of hard to know what to say, especially when you're trying to convince your teenage ex into writing her memoirs. Spencer's like, yeah, I guess. Must be real tough for you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he says, man, I thought it was finally over now that Andrew's been released. And she's like, yeah, right back where we started. He's like, that's not true. Everybody's looking out for you guys. And the police are going to figure out who's behind this. And Spencer's like, you really believe that? And he's like, I do. Well, Spencer's face is basically know. just like, sweet summer child. Yeah, but he's like, but you need to tell him what you know. Every little detail can help. I mean, he's basically this close to like putting one of his pens with the custom nibs like yeah. right in her hand. Every little detail can help, you know, for the investigation, not the book that I'm writing or anything like that. I just yeah. need you to tell me every little detail. So just then, uh, another, a new employee, Sabrina, shows up and she's like, oh, uh, hey, sorry, um, I used up all the blueberries. Can you order some more? And Ed, remember, this is Ezra Fitz, small-time business owner. He looks so, like, I don't know, emotionally cock-blocked. or just so frustrated. How dare this employee come up and talk to him? He's uh, probably also wondering, like, like I wanted him to turn to Spencer and be like, how do I order blueberries? Yeah. Well, I still LOL the idea that Ezra used the cover story of franchising the brew <laughs> as an excuse to talk to that lawyer last season. Let's talk about Sabrina here. This is uh, the actress's Lulu Brood, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Lulu Brood, uh, I cannot pronounce well, her. She, she just goes by Lulu Brood in the credits for this. So I thought it was Lulu. I'm going by the credits printed on the episode. Okay. Um, so Lulu Brood, this is Troyan's BFF. She is dressed in kind of like a like a hippie chic. She's got like a bandana in her hair. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, various like, uh, you know, craft accessories around her wrists and whatnot. She's, uh, you know, just a, a freewheeling uh, hippie girl in her 20s. She's an earth child of Rosa mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. This and is this is the, probably the kind of girl that, unfortunately, I hate to say she might even find, like, uh, like Johnny's advances flattering. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so Ezra's like, yeah, not a problem. She's like, thanks. So she leaves with her, like, tray of, like, fresh muffins or whatever. Ezra makes the hilar- most hilarious, shitty, judgy face of this chick once oh, she's this is, gone. This is my favorite he, Ezra line. In he like literally has episodes. his nose turned up against her. He says, that's her new baker, Sabrina. She reeks of weed, but she makes really great pastries. It's medicinal. Spencer uh, <laughs> looks so bemused. So she just has this little eyebrow raise. I got to give it up to Fitz on that one. That was some like 1% like archness right there. Like she reeks of weed. <laughs> what an ass. I love it. I mean, he literally you just gotta, you gotta steer up. right into it, Ezra. Like, don't, don't stop trying to be the nice guy and just be this guy all the time. <laughs> Ezra needs a monocle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we watch Sabrina over by the counter. 
She leans over the counter to tell a patron that he left his drink behind, and in doing so, she pushes her tray forward and knocks over said drink onto the ground. And, you know, so she's like, oh, um, um, um. Poor Ezra takes this so fucking hard. He clears his throat. And he's like, yeah, helps over migraines, but it makes her a little clumsy. It clears his throat very haughtily. Like, <laughs> helps with he migraines. Does, he does a little makes hand little acting there. <laughs> the, the hand gesture to his temple for the yeah. migraines. It's amazing. And so he goes over to help, and Spencer's like, got it. And Ezra's it's like, oh, no, no, that's all right, as he's running over. And as he's trying to help, Spencer's staring at, like, it's like a spilled, like, I don't know, smoothie or some sort of red liquid italian red soda or something. Yeah, or something um and it's you know it's spilled on the ground she's just staring at it and then she starts to fugue out into like a you know trauma flashback here the like vibrating pulsating yeah dollhouse yeah. flashback flashbacks and we see like blood stains on the ground like bloody bloody hands and arms spencer's fake room yeah yeah so zoom in on the bloody carpet and we kind of like follow this like trail of blood stains on a carpet over to her hands she's like lying on the ground with like bloody hands and arms she slowly comes to and rolls over i like she like she tries to scratch her nose but then she realizes she's covered in blood you know mm. and so she like freaks out like sits up her tank top there's all this Rubs. blood on like the torso over tank well top. she's rubbed blood on her lips oh there's to scratch her nose there's some nice like you know lipstick symbolism there yeah um yeah she, i like how she she She's freaking out. She's like clawing at her her stomach because it's all bloody. Um, she pulls up her tank top, tries basically like feeling around, like where's the wound? Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't seem to find anything. She's just freaking out. Just in case you didn't think this was like the darkest modern fairy tale of all mm-hmm. time. Um, I I for a moment when we were watching this, I totally flashback myself to uh, oddly enough, I believe the episode is called "Flashes Before Your Eyes." Of Lost. Oh, of Lost, yeah. With Desmond, because his flashback starts literally just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we see... Well, she's, she's totally panicking, obviously, in her flashback. And then we come back to the brew. Uh, she's breathing hard. She's fuging out. And Ezra's like, Spencer? Spencer? And she snaps out of it. And he's like, are you okay? And she says, yeah, no, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, probably even worse than fuging out right now and, like, the bloody torture trauma flashback. It has to be Ezra fucking Fitz noticing it. Yeah. Like, that's just embarrassing. Like, yeah. of all the people who could have noticed her, like, you know, fuging out, it had to be fucking Ezra. Yeah. He's going to yeah. go right in his journal right now. <laughs> also, though, uh, obviously, for, you know, a lot of reasons, Talia's not coming back. But mm. I also believe that she's Pacey's new girlfriend on the new season of The Affair. What um, happened to, what's her face? I don't know. Maybe mm. she's doing the new season of Luther. I don't know. Um,. So after the commercial, it's like back in Spencer's house. Uh, the liars are all there, like gathered on the island counter in the kitchen in the great room. And Hannah says, so if Charles died in Radley, it would say in his patient file. And Spencer's like, yeah. And he's like, well, what if he was released? And Spencer says, well, it'd be noted there too. And Ari says, so if we get that file, we get the truth. Hmm. If only it were so easy, Aria. I love that Aria, there's not like complication. It's always like point A, point B, we're done, right? Yeah, um, we should mention that Arya has added a, a white blazer to the ensemble, mm-hmm. and this white blazer has, uh, like, the inner parts of her sleeves are black for some reason. Of course. So just hold that mental image. Obviously, it's referring to the duality of mankind. Um, mm-hmm. Hannah says, assuming it still exists, it should be, it could be confetti by now. And Emily says, well we, well, we have to find out one way or another. And Spencer's like, look at the data center. It's 20 minutes from here. And Ari says, we can't just walk in there and ask for it. She's she says, like, no. totally doesn't want to go there. Mm. No. Ari just wants to go develop her photographs. 
Yeah. Just says no, but I can ask for mine, and then we'll know if they've been shredded. So it just says, well, or Emily, Emily says, well, what says, if they haven't? Yeah, so she's like, then we'll check out the place, and we'll see how secure it is, and we'll figure out what to do next. Because, you know, <laughs> there's we have to fill the plot for this new Mission Impossible movie. Well, we'll case the place, and we'll hatch a lo- robbery plan. You know, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, and Hannah says, Caleb can drive us. And Emily's like, no, you can't tell Caleb what we're doing. Charles had a knife to Sarah's throat, remember? And Hannah's like, I can't not tell him. Like, for some reason, Emily has to be the one this week to, like, try to convince people to keep secrets. And she's mm-hmm. glaring at Hannah. And she's like, Hannah says, Em, he's barely left my side ever since he found out Andrew is an A. He's outside t- talking to Spencer's mom right now. I would love to see that scene. I would love to take a quick cutaway to that. Like, Veronica, she's, like, sneaking the cigarette because no one knows that she's taking up mm-hmm. smoking again. And Caleb's like, so, you get a lot of dead bodies buried out here, huh? I, I think the reason we don't get that scene is because it's privileged between the lawyer and her client. <laughs> Caleb slides over a dollar. Well, they're already clients. You're cheap. Remember, her, her and Peter uh, represented right. him to Tanner. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Emily's like, okay, and what about with Sarah? And Hannah Hawkins <laughs> is the MVP. She's like, I don't even know the girl. And it's like, she doesn't even go here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arya says, Hannah, very reproachful look, and Hannah's just like, fine, I'll think of something. So she goes outside, and Arya notices that Spencer's like fumbling with the lid to her water bottle, like spilling say, water. There's a lot of like, particularly like Hannah and Arya, like theory stuff here. Mm-hmm. Arya has to tell Hannah to remember this. Arya has to correct Hannah's behavior. Uh, and it's just like, Sarah, fuck her. <laughs> no, not literally, Em. Jesus. <laughs> so Arya notices Spencer, you know, messing around with her water bottle, and she's like, "You okay?" And Spencer says, "Yeah, you know, it's just been on edge since we got back." And Hannah says, "Yeah, it's been rough for me too." Or oh shit! Emily says it's been rough for her too. Oh yeah, um, Emily. Spencer turns her attention back to Arya, seeing an opportunity, and she's like, "How about you? Are those pills helping?" And Arya's like, Mm-mm, "No, they gave me huge headaches, so I threw them out." And I want Spencer to slap her. Spencer, you can just watch her dying inside as she like, hears this Like, slap her, pause, slap her again. <laughs> I know this feel, Spencer. I know this feel. It's like your friend got a Vicodin prescription for their root canal, and they didn't even use it, and you just die inside. Yeah, but Arnie's oblivious, and she's like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying not to focus on what happened. Spencer has a plan now. She's like, um... Why don't we meet at the brew in one hour? And Emily's like, sounds good. And they all kind of get up and leave. And they don't even ask why. Because Spencer's just like scheming. Well, she's staring at her fruit bowl. And just forlorn. Obviously desperate. So outside Arya's house later, Spencer pulls up in her car. The cops are there. We hear some radio chatter. The uh, bald African-American cop with the, the black glasses is there. He gets out of the car to greet her. He's not allowed to say anything. Mm-mm. Spencer's just like, hey, Arya, you want me to pick up something for her? He just kind of waves her and gets back in line. He's I just wish like, whatever. Now, I don't give a fuck. I wish by now we knew who this cop. I wish he had a name. Um, I feel I, like if he had a name, people would there'd be fans of this guy because he's been around forever. I wonder, like, it's like, do they have to pay him more if they give him a name or something? You well, know? I think they have to pay him more if they give him a line of dialogue. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, first of all, he arrested them at the end of Allison's trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, he believed he was there when Caleb basically helped Hannah turn herself in. He was there when Wilden confiscated Caleb's laptop back in season two. Um, so meanwhile, Spencer goes right for Arya's trash can. She lifts the lid, opens the trash oh, bag, man. starts rolling up her sleeve, and starts to go through shit. Because this is not well, going to be big on dignity. She's just going to dig right in. Um, yeah. And I, I think we can officially declare it. The Dark Spencer Saga 3 begins. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> in case you thought that Tryon was being coy when she says Spencer has an addictive personality. 
Well, at first she's a little dainty, rolling up her sleeves, and then she gets a text from Arya. It says, we're at the brew, ready to go. Where are you? And so she replies, on my way. She well, doesn't what? use the OMW text shortcut, even though she has a new iPhone. But what has she been doing for an hour? Well, I think like, she had to wait for Arya to go to the brew so that okay. she could then go to Arya's house. I like that. I'd like to add in the detail that Spencer's probably been trying to talk herself out of going mm-hmm. through the trash for an hour. Yeah, because well, after she texts Arya, it's like, all right, let's do this. You know, she dies right in, pulls out a trash bag. Uh, this bag is like just like nasty, like coffee grounds and like corn husks and all kinds of shit you never want to touch. And oddly um, enough, the Montgomery family are not composters. No. Did he compost in Pennsylvania? I don't know. I know a lot of people. I thought that I saw a lot of people on Twitter are like, You'd think they would be composters. Mm-hmm. Just look at them. So she's she's digging through, and God, this just looks disgusting. She eventually finds an empty pill bottle for Argus Anxiety Meds. Um, As we were watching this, no you, lid were like, on it. you were like, you can't take it like that. You can't take it. I, I just saw yeah. you like envisioning a horror story where Spencer pops one filthy pill. Well, because you know the it's an empty bottle and so she she keeps going she's digging further and you're just like oh my god is she really gonna like look for like these coffee ground grime covered pills and like take one mm-hmm. but then I, I she starts coughing she probably like finally like takes a breath i'm guessing yeah. like she's holding her breath the whole time she starts coughing can't stand the fumes so it's like she finally gets in she you know puts the trash back in the bag back bag back in the can and shuts the lid uh, that was amazing. This whole sequence, because you you keep expecting her to get caught, or you know, like somebody to like you know call her or something like that. But it, basically, it was, it was just a little little vignette to show us how low Spencer's willing to sink, mm. and no one sees it, but we do. Well, and again, Tron doesn't need dialogue to kill a scene. <laughs> well, and it's funny because we saw publicity stills for this like a few weeks ago. Yeah, of, like Spencer going through the trash and everyone. I don't I don't think I saw anyone have any other you know speculation on this other than like, oh, it's Detective Spencer. She's going through trash for clues. Yeah, myself nope. included. She yeah. is dumpster diving for drugs. <laughs> Which well, it's like, what would she have done if she did find the pills? Let's those two things are not mutually exclusive. It's still Detective Spencer mm-hmm. dumpster diving for pills. <laughs> Oh, She's just man. on a different case right now. I just, I don't think, even if you like washed them off, like I just. Ugh. No, 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 because this is the best of both worlds in Rosewood. There would be coffee grounds, pure caffeine right on those pills. I mean, maybe if you like just kind of scraped off the, the the outer edge of the whole thing. I don't know. The only thing that would make that scene better is if she still had like the smeared blood on her mouth as she takes the <laughs> pill. So meanwhile, on the dealer just living room, can house hey, just you want to do some Hastings Center theater for this next scene? I think I, I, you know, we can. Um, the sad thing is, it's all Kenneth's face. Yeah. Well, I, let's give the setup here. Is that there's this nice shot where it's like the clock, the little grandfather clocks in the foreground, and Allie and her dad are sitting in like these matching armchairs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably a name for these, like Louis the Fourteenth chairs or something like that. Um, he's reading the newspaper. She has a book out. Looks like a textbook. Like she's definitely like this. There's some electro complex shit going on. Like she's basically playing the role of her mother here. I hope there's a new Family Circle comic today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's this great moment where she's she's sitting there reading. She finally looks over at her dad, 
And as soon as she does, he looks over at her and he just, he's like, he's immediately glaring at her. Like, it's like the first expression I, he has. I, I, to me, I think this is, this is Kenneth's face where he's beaming with love. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> he like, just, this is what we do. It's a Saturday, Saturday morning or Sunday like, morning. It's a shitty life, but it's ours. Mm-hmm. Well, she, he's nothing you I'm not be? consistent. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you choose. Can't even begin. Why don't you just be Allison? <laughs> okay. What did you do with his ashes? So he closes the paper and he's just like, "Your mother scattered them on the lake." You weren't with her. She didn't want me there. What about his funeral? We decided not to have one. What did he do to deserve that? He practically rolls his eyes at this. Boy, point. he has so much sassy. Bitchness yeah. on his face. Were you even sad when he died? To be honest, it was a relief. We didn't have to worry anymore. He is chill as fuck right now. He's it's like, like the, the weight has been lifted. He's like, I hope you appreciate that with some real talk for your yeah. ass. He's so chill, I expect him to be like water skiing by the end of the next episode. Like No, no. What you what we need, oh god, what we need is a gift. Somebody out there, please answer our prayers. We need a gift where he's giving her that awkward, weird fucking face, mm-hmm. and then the sunglasses just float down. <laughs> I hope you deal with it. Well, I totally wanted like at the end of the scene, like he just he raises like a heretofore out of frame like stogie to his mouth, <laughs> takes a big old puff on it, and then just blows it in Allie's face. That's how the scene needed to end. To be honest, it was a relief. And Allie's just like, well, you're a monster. <laughs> and he's like, well, at least I'm consistent, Allie. The smoke clears her head. She's like, holy shit, why am I dressed like my deceased mother? <laughs> <laughs> why am I pretending it's like a weird Sunday morning ritual of us sitting in armchairs reading? I've got cops to be out seducing. Yeah. yeah. So outside the day center, we see Ari, Hannah, and Emily are chilling outside the car. In the background, we see some trucks are there at the River Hill data center marked on their sides. They handle document shredding and storage. So Spencer comes marching back up to the liars. After having been on the set, I just have to imagine that Troyan's off to the side doing jumping jacks <laughs> and then running over. Yeah. And Ari's like, well, such as like the office manager won't give me my file. Has to go through my doctor, which what a drag. Well, I like she gives a little head, t- head tilt, like, basically like, what bullshit? Am I right? Yeah. And Ari's like, well, that means they must, you know, they haven't been shredded yet. And he says, okay, well, there's only two ways into this warehouse. Front door has a security camera and the back door is locked. Don't try to tell me that Emily's not basically Spencer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Ari says, what do we do now? Spencer says, let's talk to Jason and Allison. Maybe they can figure out a way to get his file. And they go to get in their car, but Hannah looks back at the data center and stops. She's like, wait, Uh, because we see these like, Worker dudes, like, they both have, like, dollies full of uh, file boxes, and they roll them over to a truck, and you can see they're definitely preoccupied with, like, the lift on this truck. The door is open behind them. It's just beckoning to them to, why don't you just come sneak right in? So that's what they do. They shut the car doors and walk right over. These guys are working hard not to notice the four beauties sashaying to the back entrance. That is true, yeah. I mean, you would think your your average workman would be checking them out, but hey, but it, they get paid by the hour. They're in no hurry here. It's not like they're doing the whole like moving bush, you mm-hmm. know, or hiding behind trash cans. They're walking right past these guys in their clear like field of vision. Anyway, so they go not really. Them. I mean, they are facing away. 
So then we're in like a giant storage area of boxes, just shelves and shelves of boxes. It's basically the end of Raiders of Lost Ark or the end of the first steps of the X-Files. Arya is leading the way wearing insane boots. This is something that they would wear on, I'm not pronouncing this right, Themyscira or Paradise Island, wherever Wonder Woman is from. Hmm. Um, Arya's like, I don't see any cameras anywhere. And Emily's like, or people. Spencer's bringing up the rear and she's like, you guys look for the file. I'm going to keep an eye out. So, you know, Spencer's not at her best. Yeah. Uh, so they all kind of split up as score is making all these like spooky noises. Um, there's kind of some weird like quasi POV angles here and there as we see them, you know, moving around through all these files. Eventually we find Emily meeting up with Hannah, with Hannah at a, like an aisle intersection. You know, Somebody emailed us to say or, or tweeted at me or something. I don't remember now. They say that they they wish they watched the show like we did. And yeah. I have to say that's not always a good thing because I watch the show sometimes like it's a fucking crime scene. I'm looking for clues. One of the boxes they pass is like labeled Pacific Insurance Company. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, I Google that to find out that it's a real <laughs> company in Hong Kong. There's also a, a Northwest Travel, which I wonder is some sort of a bleak uh, reference in North by Northwest. Could be. Yeah. Um, anyway, Hannah and Emily here. Emily says, did you find any Radley boxes? And Hannah says, not yet. They walk together kind of slowly, not really looking at each other. And Emily says, I went to see Dr. Sullivan today. Hannah says, you did? Emily says, my mom gave me no choice. Sullivan asked if everything was okay between the four of us. Did you say something? She looks back at Hannah and Hannah just kind of shrugs. And she's like, I might have. Pretty casual, like a little bit of attitude. Yeah, Uh, yeah. And Emily stops and turns around. And she's, or I think it's Hannah that says, so is it? Uh, with like some attitude there. Mm-hmm. Like the, maybe there's like a wedge, and Emily's just like, we'll get there. And they walk on. Well, Hannah's the one who's going to constantly force the girls to kind of confront as a group these issues. She's going to well, keep bringing it up slightly. Well, it makes us wonder is there, is there something between Hannah and Emily? Maybe something related to the dollhouse? Could be. I mean, it seems like everybody, except for me, was under the impression that like, Hannah got the worst of it in the dollhouse. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if maybe it's the other way around in this particular instance, though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe Emily's not too happy with Hannah about something. Could be. Uh, they anyway. Both, they both, Charles confronted the fact that they're both not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really tough. So, meanwhile, Spencer's in another part of the warehouse. It's like, she's looking through some windows into, like, an office area or something like that. Um, but the, these windows, they're, like, it's like a segmented window pane, and this triggers her again because she's going to flash back to her, her in the dollhouse leaning up against her fake closet, which has like similar window pane segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, also, to me, it reminded me when she first looked out the window in Welcome to the Dollhouse. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that too. Uh, yeah, so she's fuging out again, uh, covered in blood. There's blood all over her shirt and like in the torso area. Um, she's panicking. She follows, she kind of crawls and follows a trail of blood over to the door. Uh, she tries to open it, but it's locked, and she starts pounding on the door, leaving, like, big bloody handprints on it. Yeah. And then we hear Am- Emily say, Arya found it. Spencer snaps out and, like, just, you know, brushes off her fugue state and follows Emily over to Arya and Hannah. Is it a little suspicious that Arya's the one to find it? Always. After she didn't want them to go here in the first place? There wasn't even a bedroom to check. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they come over to Hannah and Arya standing in front of some boxes. And Arya's, like, going through the papers, reading them. And Spencer's like, so did he commit suicide or was he released? And Arya says, I don't know. It doesn't say. There's there's no paperwork or entries past his 16th birthday. And Spencer's like, what? That can't be everything. She goes over to, just, like, start digging through this open box as well. And Arya's like, no, it's not. It, 
it's just from ages 13 to 16. That's all I could find on him. And then he's like, well, what's the last thing written there? So Arya flips through some pages and she's like, uh, his doctor recommending increasing his medication, something called Xylitrol. She looks at Spencer, who knows it immediately. She says it's for severe depression. So Arya flips some more pages. Interesting that Spencer knows that. Of course. Arya's like, wait, here's his visitor's log. There's only two people on it. Allison's mom and someone named Carol Ward. Emily, being our Allison expert, will say, Carol is um, Allison's great aunt. And Hannah's like, well, if she visited Charles, she must know what happened to him. Emily's like, she can't help us. Spencer says, why not? And Emily says, because she died when we were in the 10th grade. And you can tell that Spencer just wants to yell, God damn it. Well, they all roll their eyes like, thanks a lot, old bag. Yeah. And Spencer says, okay, just check the rest of the boxes. Make sure that we haven't missed anything. But then as they're about to do this, they hear like a noise behind them. So they all run out. Spencer's like, oh, go. Uh, they rush away as we see like a worker rolling a cart by. I just want every time they leave a scene together now for Arya to be like, torch it. Yeah. So <laughs> Charles, he committed suicide theoretically when he was 16. Um a lot of people speculating like, oh, he was the, the fragile patient who killed Marion Cavanaugh, Toby's mom. The timeline doesn't really add that up. I mean, this being this show, they've never been totally accurate to the timeline or, you know, they, I mean, they play a little fast and loose with it as we saw in season three and four and five, which all took place over like three weeks. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if they're going to the effort of putting in the detail of like giving us, you know, how much older he was than Jason giving us like, you know, the year of his high school prom and whatnot. Like you do all the math. He would have been too. He would have been like 20 by the time Marion died. Like he wouldn't have been at Radley anymore. I, you know, we'll get into it more after this. We talk about this episode, but I can't shake the potential importance of the prom theme from welcome to the dollhouse and the age associated with that. Oh yeah. Cause he would have been in high school in like 2005, and Marion died. Um, the key detail to like me there 2000, is like eight, 2007, 2008. Is even if Charles, as laid out to us by Kenneth De Laurentiis, had had a normal life, he wouldn't have been going to that prom. So to me, it's that particular school year, that particular class of Rosewood High. Yeah, he might have been. I mean, I don't know. Fifteen months. I mean, like he, I, I feel like it's, I don't know, it's kind of implying an importance to people. I feel like you're putting here. a little too much uh, emphasis on that. I think he, he I, why I, bring up that prom thing? Because that's the prom he, he thought he should have been able to go to. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're de-emphasizing too much. Anyway, so well, I, I would just say yeah, the reason I think. Like, it would have been weird for Spencer to be like, oh, that was the thing, the prom the year before my sister was a senior. You know, like, I don't know. That would have been a little strange. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to associate to any particular school year, you know. Anyway, so outside, we see Lyra's frantically running out. Hannah's on the lead, but she stops dead in her tracks because there's Caleb. <laughs> Arms folded over his chest, disapproving look on his yeah. face. Pops Caleb here. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Caleb's hair, by the way? It's blowing in the wind. He's he's growing it out. I think he's going back to the gambit look. Okay. Um, and he he gives her just this like smirky, like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Look, he, he uh, his hair's blowing in the wind because Captain Patriarchy doesn't have a cape to wear mm-hmm. here. So, and we're gonna get uh, these next scenes are it's like all these like really quick scenes, all like kind of cut together here. We start with Han and Caleb coming into her house. She's not too happy, and he's like, I still don't understand why you're there. And Hannah says, I told you, we wanted to get Spencer's Radley file. 
It's night now. Yeah. Elsewhere, Arya comes home to her house. There's Byron in the living room. He's hilarious. He's like, oh, thank God you're okay. Like, take it down a notch. Sudden parent, Byron. And Arya nonplus is like, what's wrong? Um, so meanwhile, in Emily's bedroom, there's, Emily's there with Pam. Pam is like shutting Emily's door, whispering, I want to make sure Sarah doesn't hear this. And Emily's like, did something happen? And then Pam's like, yeah, have you seen her water bill? <laughs> yeah. So we go back to Ari and her dad and Byron says, well, I was uh, on campus and I went by the photo studio and they said you hadn't come in. Then when I came home and you weren't here and you didn't pick up your phone, I panicked. And Ari just has this face like, ah, geez, funny story. What hijinks? She's like, I know my, my phone died and I mix up the dates at the studio. I pff, actually booked tomorrow time, time for tomorrow, not today. And he's like, but where were you? Also, it's not just a cat. It's a white tiger on her dress. Mm-hmm. I say it because this is where I noticed it. Uh, so Hannah's kitchen, Caleb's like grilling him. He's like, "You told me you were going to the brew. Like, don't find yourself in this position, Caleb." Oops. Uh, BTW, like Hannah's necklace looks ornate and dangerous. Uh, Hannah's like, "I did," and then we went to the data center. Why? What'd you do? Follow me? He's like, "No, I put a tracker on your car." And she's like, "You did what? Not cool, bro. Not cool." Yeah. Pam steps over to Emily and she says, "I looked for Sarah everywhere, and I finally found her on our roof." Emily has a great what the fuck face. Well, this is just like I laughed for like five minutes after she said this. And I don't know why I'm laughing at somebody who's been through all this trauma. But like Sarah, it's like it's like she's like the wacky neighbor of PLL now. She's like the Phoebe. Yeah. It's like any weird thing she does. I'm all in on. Yeah. She maybe she has a twin sister. Yeah. And he's like, what was she doing on the roof? And Pam's like, I was afraid she was going to jump. She was just staring up at the sky. Said she wanted to watch the sunset. And then she started howling. <laughs> so Nari's living room, Byron is like, it's my job to make sure that you stay safe. So if you're going to Hollis tomorrow, I'm I'm taking you. And she said, I just said that I was sorry, Dad. He's like, this is not a punishment, Arya, okay? <laughs> but spending time with you feels like punishment, yeah. Dad. Well, Arya, she's trotted out the puppy dog eyes, but it's not happening. Byron's just like, it's just the way it has to be. I need to know where you are at all times. Byron would really like to complain more about Arya's like jiggery pokery, but he can't. Um, so in Hannah's kitchen, Caleb's like, Hannah, I'm trying to protect you. And she's like, no, I want the tracker off. He's like, the person who did this to you is still out there. He kidnapped you once and he could try to do it again. She like, shakes her head. She's just not going to hear this like mansplaining scaredy cat bullshit. He's like, all right, look, I, I, I probably should discuss it with you. I, I know it sounds extreme, but you have to understand. I spent over three weeks not knowing where you were. Scared to death that something terrible is happening. And there was nothing I could do to help you. Yeah, and that with sounds that, almost as bad as being locked in a torture dungeon for the same amount of time. Yeah. And with that, Caleb became Toby. Mm-hmm. So he will back to uh, wacky. I know uh, it sounds extreme. Yeah. Back to this wacky uh, Emily Pam Sarah plotline. No, I would have. I would have felt more sympathy for Caleb here if he had just told her how heinous it was being forced to socialize with Ezra. You don't understand. He keeps asking us what the cool kids are doing. He wants to play Xbox. I don't even own an Xbox. He keeps asking me if I want to write. <laughs> write what? <laughs> so uh, Emily says, "Where's Sarah now?" And Pam oh. says. Just imagine Ezra being like, hey, Caleb, you're a smart guy. What's another adjective for bewildered? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Where's Sarah now? Pan says she's downstairs watching television. Maybe she's watching Freaky Foodies. I think we acted too hastily and let her stay with us. I mean, all she does is watch America's Next Top Model and mutter to herself. I can't take (laughs) it anymore. (laughs) 
Pam says, you know, she doesn't want to go to therapy and we just don't have the tools to help her. And Emily's like, mom, you know, we can't send her back to her mom's. Pam says, honey, if something happens to her while she's here, I'll be held responsible. Hmm. Emily says, I know, but nothing's going to happen to her, okay? I know what she's been through. I can help her. Pam sighs and sits down. She says, honey, I don't know everything that happened to you during those three weeks, but I know you still can't sleep through the night and you jump every time a door shuts. Sarah was in there for two years. Neither of us can know what she's been through and have any idea what she really needs right now. That's fair. Yeah. And so, of course, we cut to the other side of the door where Sarah is hearing all this and looking wounded. Uh, she, like, you know, hears them talk about her. Her hair, it's like she attacked it with a bottle of Pantene Pro-V. It's all, like, shiny looking. Stop changing your hair. Just just go back to the, like, the must, like, messy look. Plus, you can't let her go home yet because Emily's not done, like, Frankensteining her into Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the rear window, Brew, where's Spencer? Here she is. She's pacing back and forth in front of like the staff door to the kitchen. And Sabrina walks out, and Spencer pounces on her. Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina's like, "Oh, hi, Spencer." And Spencer's like, "Spencer, yes, I'm a friend of Ezra's." Which you must have, you can tell she's like in another place to say the line. Well, the the delivery here is fun. It's it's very rapid fire. I mean, because as we know, these these two actresses are BFFs in real life. I kind of wonder if that influenced this little because it's it's very casual. Like Spencer's obviously nervous, but um, their interaction's really fun. Like you can tell they definitely worked on this because um, you're kind of kind of talking over each other almost. And so Sabrina says, "So you wanted to place an order?" Spencer says, "Um, not exactly. I um." And she kind of just like motions Sabrina closer, like over into her nook. Mm-hmm. So Sabrina comes over, and Spencer says, "Sorry, um, I don't know if you know my story." Sabrina says, I do. I'm really sorry about what happened to you. Spencer says, thank you. Um, it's just been, it's been really hard on me since I got back. So I was hoping you could sell me something that would help calm my nerves. And Sabrina says, yeah, what? And Spencer's oblivious, like, totally yeah, oblivious. totally oblivious. And Spencer's like, pot, <laughs> maybe some brownies. Like, I love that line reading. It's, it's like half innocent and half like, what do you think I meant? Well, and she turns... She turns a one-syllable word into, like, two or three. <laughs> uh, and Sabrina looks, like, kind of, like, half-scandalized now. It's like she can't believe her rep has gotten out that fast. And she's like, did Ezra tell you I could get you that? Spencer's like, no. And Sabrina says, because I'm not a dealer. And Spencer says, no, no, no. Uh, he, he didn't say that you were. He just said you use it for migraines. And Sabrina's like, I can't sell you anything. Spencer says, I am so sorry. I should not have asked. You don't even know me. I'm sorry. She tries to walk away. She's pretty mortified. And Sabrina stops her. She says, look, I said I can't sell you anything. I'm not opposed to sharing a little bit of mine. Uh, I'll put together a little package for you to pick up tomorrow, okay? And Spencer's like, thank you. She's relieved. And Sabrina does a little shisher move here. She says, like, shh, you know, and kind of, like, wags her finger at Spencer and walks off. Definitely, like, like stoner vibes from uh, Sabrina here. She, like... Her voice did th- did that like thing that stoners do, and she's like, "I'm not opposed to sharing a little bit of mine." Uh, I like to point out this is the second on record violation of Ezra, the boss. Oh, I know of his employees' privacy. <laughs> Ezra's like, "Hey, you want to know any like personal information about my employees? Because I'll talk shit about any of them." He's like, he's not just like a shitty boss; he's also like a sassy gossip. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Emily's bedroom. She wakes up the next morning. But like light is shining right in on her. She looks amazing as usual. She's wearing a shirt that says "Eat well, work hard, love truly, travel often." <clears throat> she glances over at the uh, decrepit little cot that Sarah's been sleeping on. It's empty. Sarah's gone. Emily jumps up. She steps out in the hallway. Sarah, Sarah. She like sees an open window across where she goes over and looks out of it. Just then Pam comes around the corner like, well, what like, happened? When, Where's Sarah? Sarah like go out the window, the second yeah, story rather exactly. than like, the yeah, front door? Yeah, it's the door. second story window. And Emily looks back at her like knowingly like, she's gone. I'm gone like, who the fuck is this girl? A business. Yeah. So do you think they still have an alarm system on this house? Uh, I'm sure it got fucked up when someone drove a car through it. Hmm. I, I feel like after Emily stole Wayne's phone that one time, he's just like, ah, fuck it. There's no point. Yeah, but so she Sarah's gone. Is, is is she really gone or is she off doing like shady A business? Gotta wonder. Or she's at her like stylist. Mm-hmm. So after the commercial, we're in the De Laurentiis living room. Jason's like looking at one of those like framed photos there and Allison comes strolling mm-hmm. in. She's like, well, what you looking at? And he shows her. It's a ridiculously oh, photoshopped picture of them when they were younger. Yeah, well, it's like it's supposed to be them when they're younger. Allie looks basically exactly the same. Uh, mm-hmm. Jason, I mean, I guess that's Drew Van Acker from like 12 years ago or something. I think like, it's the same one that they forced in on the ski photo with yeah. the young, obviously not Jim Abiel. Looks like a completely different person. Yeah. Uh, but Allie looks like she's maybe a year younger. Um, it's hilarious to look at. And then she says, we were so innocent back then. No, you weren't. Even Jason scoffs at this. He's like, and it was all a lie. One big disgusting lie. And he like slams a frame down. So much drama. I mean, honestly, bro, I don't see what the big deal is here. I mean, if anything, this worked out in Jason's favor, right? He was second born. He was a bastard. Now he's legitimately the first okay, in line. Okay, it's like Game of era. Thrones. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's first in line for the family <laughs> fortune now. He seemingly had a fortune that was stolen from him from season two. All I'm saying is, Charles is apparently a psychopath. Be glad you never woke up with your brother's dick in your mouth. It could have been worse. Jesus. That was intense. So Ali um, says, are you okay? And Jason says, would you be okay if your entire life you were told something that you saw with your own eyes wasn't real? I mean, they made me doubt myself. I've, I've always doubted myself. It's like, so now Jason's... Such a fuck up. Well, now he's he's recontextualizing his whole life to blame all his, like, fuck uppery on uh, on this you know original sin of doubt that was cast upon him which which yeah it's all because he's doubted himself which makes me think how did that doubt lead to the nat club <laughs> yeah he was just doubted himself so much he's like i just don't know what to do maybe i should take pictures of young girls yeah mm. tom that's what us doubters do <laughs> ali says at least we know the truth and he's like do we because i'm having a hard time believing nobody else in this family knew about charles and I said, somebody did. And she sits down next to him and pulls the folder out of her purse and says, this is his Radley file. The girls got it. She gives it to him. At least Jason knows better than to ask how they got this. No, no. So She says it doesn't say what happened, but Aunt Carol yeah. visited him. Right now, amongst the, the storm of questions in my brain, if I wasn't doubting myself, I'd be like, what the fuck is up with your friends? How did they get this? That's amazing. <laughs> Well, I, I think he X-Men can assume that Spencer is involved, and really, do you need to ask any more questions at that point? I guess, yeah. I mean, at this point, these girls are notorious. True, true, true. Um, so anyways, uh, Aunt Carol. And Jason Jason says, Aunt Carol? And Allie says, yeah, many times. 
And he kind of looks off and you see the little hamster wheel in his brain spinning around. She's like, what is it? He says, last year when I got hurt in that elevator and I thought Wilden was after me, I needed a place to hide out. I knew nobody was living in Aunt Carol, so I drove up. Flashback. Flashback. Uh, Jason's getting out of his car. He's got like the slightly longer hair, his arms in a sling. He's got like some kind of bloody bruises on his face. And he says, we hear him in voiceover say, but when I arrived, someone was there. I love it, the timing of this because it was like the last two weeks on the internet, you started to see the fervor of like, don't you understand, guys? Like, Jason, as we know him, is actually Charles. Mm-hmm. And the real Jason died in that elevator shaft. And that's when they switched mm-hmm. over. And it's like, like I don't know, like the writers could not have anticipated like having this scene, like potentially counteract that. Or well, this ride is, upon it. As we move closer to the finale, a lot of theories are going to start getting crossed off. It's like, well, that doesn't yeah. work anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, but you know, it always art. works that uh, that Arya is uh, Hannah's, you know, real self, and, and Spencer is Emily's. Lady Stoneheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we see him walking towards the house. The front door opens, and in her full gardening glory, it's Mrs. D. Welcome return, and she's like, Jason. Why aren't you at the hospital? And he's like, they let me out. What are you doing? Getting the uh, the property ready to sell? And something about Drew Van Acker here is hilarious and brilliant. Um, she's like, no, I'm keeping the house and I want it to look nice. He's like, good, because uh, I think I'd like to stay here for a little while. And this strikes a nerve of her. And she's like, you can't do that. He's like, well, why not? She's like, there's a plumbing issue. They had to turn the water off inside. And he's like, well, then I'll just stay for the night. For tonight, <laughs> then. Such obvious lies. That she so effortlessly spins. Oh, I don't, I don't remember the Twitter user. I'm so sorry, but uh, I love that one of our listeners chimed in with, "Welcome to the shit in a bag club, Jason." Yep. Bag shitters club. Toby showed him how. Jason's like, "I met this guy, Toby. He told me how to live it rough." <laughs> Toby's like, "Just need honestly, a bag." Honestly, it's not that hard. You just shit in a bag. <laughs> you go to Safeway. You buy something. You take the bag home. You use you, it. You can really buy anything. Gum, a magazine, an toilet, apple. Toilet paper helps, obviously. <laughs> uh, so he if starts not, you can go to like a Taco Bell and just steal some napkins. Also, the Taco Bell helps to move the bowels. So he starts to make a move towards the door and she blocks his way. And she's like, that's not a good idea. It's a mess in there. And he's like, I don't care, Mom. It's one night. And she's like, I said no, Jason. I'll be done in an hour. I'll see you at home. Dismissed. Yeah, so he starts to turn to leave, and there's like a like a banging or whatever from inside the house. There's like this totally loud crash. He's like, is someone in there? And she just casually throws off the most obvious lie, that's just the wind. And Jason's like, makes sense. Yeah. He just like makes some dumb faces and walks off. Uh, the show's basically like, see, Jason was manipulated from a very young age. That's why he's such he, a gullible sap. He doubted himself. That's why he mm-hmm. was high for five to ten years. Mm-hmm. He just walks off puzzled, like, huh, the wind. That must have been the wind. And Jessica goes over and shuts the door and watches him go. And we hear Jason a voiceover say, and I got in my car and left. <laughs> and Allie's like, did you ever go back? He says, I wonder no. how he did, like, like, slap him over the back of the head. Yeah. Well, he's like, no. But I always wondered why she kept the place when no one was living there. And Allie's like, maybe someone was living there. And he's like, Charles. Like, it, like it just a now occurred to him. Like, like, he just suddenly thought of this. It's like, catch up, Jason. Uh, Jason. Why are uh, you so dumb? In case you're wondering, Jason's the guy who always needs someone to explain his own joke to him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doubts himself too much. 
Yeah. Uh, at the brew, Emily and Sarah are having coffee. Uh, you see that the coffee table is like a New York City sewer manhole cover. Is it? I just yeah. glanced at it quickly. I thought it was like a sundial. No, it's this is. It's like it's like prominently shown to us as Emily sits her coffee cup down. I felt like um, Sarah's wearing one of those ponchos that I remember being super fucking parka. popular back in my junior high. Yeah, it's a parka. Uh, and Emily says, "I can't believe you went home." And Sarah seems a little solemn. She's like, "I thought maybe once I went, I've got the shock of me being back. Things would be different." I can't quite do them up at tonight. Yeah. Um, and Emily's like, "Were they?" And Sarah's like, "No, no." She's like gleeful, like, "No." And Emily says, why did you sneak out in the middle of the night like that? I wouldn't say she's gleeful. I think she's just being serious. Well, gleeful is the wrong word. The way she says it, you know, Emily's like, where were they? And Sarah's like, no. You know, There's like. meaning there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Sarah says, I, I don't want to cause any problems between you and your mom. No, I meant, why did you sneak out in the middle of the night through my upstairs hallway window? <laughs> did you just jump out? Like, how did that work? How did you not break your ankle? Emily's like, although did Emily see- did jump out a window once in the first secret, right? Um, so yeah, she like climbed down. Okay, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sarah says, you know, I want to cause any problems between you and your mom. Emily says, did she scare you off, or did she say something to scare you off? And Sarah says, no. Emily says, if, if you ever heard anything she said yesterday, and Sarah's just like, I'm screwed up, Emily. No shit. She says, I know it. Your mom knows it, and you do too. Uh. And it's like, yeah, Emily knows it. That's she likes it. Yeah, yeah. And Sarah says she's right. I do belong in therapy, but it's not what I want to be doing right now. And Emily's like, "What do you want to do right now?" And Sarah's like, "You." Uh, she says simple things. You know, take a walk on the beach, swim in the ocean. I can't get back the time I've lost, but I don't want to waste any more time sitting in a room having someone analyze me. I don't expect anyone to understand this. And Emily's like, "I do." They share a significant look. Yeah, as uh, as she started saying that last bit, Sarah did. I was like, "Those are the lyrics of my favorite Toad the Butt Sprocket song." Mm. Um, so at the Hollis photo lab, Arya walks in. There's people doing photo shit. She's uh, dressed like she has the lead role in a high school production of Black Swan. Well, she um, has like the weirdest like frilly sleeve thing on. Um, did she looks you like know- teenage Maleficent. Yeah, she also has like this like two and a half inch wide like animal leopard print belt on yeah yeah the and, like, Gundy belt and yeah. like weird leggings the funny thing about it, she walks in just as somebody's taking a photo and for a second it, it really seems like you're just seeing lucy hale like walk past some like paparazzi or yeah, something yeah. uh just because of the flash going off well, she has that it. little like flinch away thing like mm-hmm. oh, here we go again i can't have a good starbucks on my own um so her cell phone starts reading it's a text from uh, uh hannah saying are you coming to carol's uh, Ari replies, can't. Dad's waiting for me on campus. And then she hits sends and walks off. Meanwhile, Spencer's uh, car oh, rolls up. We should Aunt mention Carol. all the liars are using iMessage now. Yeah. Spencer's car rolls up to Aunt Carol's, which has to be in Ravenswood, based on the lighting. Um, Hannah's riding shotgun. Allison and Jason are in the Oh, yeah. It's, it's like Instagram filter. I love the... It's like there's a... There's kind of... You could view it through a certain doppelganger scene chart. Because Allison is right behind Hannah. Jason is right behind Spencer. Mm. Um, so they all get out. Look at this creepy fucking house. Uh, Can we talk think, about Hannah's outfit? Well, real quick, I think it was PLL Sherlock who pointed out that this is the same house that they used to be uh, Doctor Palmer's old house. Those cars yeah, but I, I feel like this, like this was also like a major location on the Gilmore Girls. I think this is probably yeah, it's a, not a set that you're using. I'm just talking about the set, but uh, mm-hmm. I like that detail. Yeah, uh, Hannah's got like some sort of like mod jockey outfit on. 
Mm. Uh, it's like kind of like high waisted pants, like big knee high, like brown leather boots, and this kind of weird short beige sweater thing. It's a good look. Yeah, yeah, she looks she looks very chic. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like doesn't look like anybody lives here. So Jason's like. Maybe that's what Charles wants people to think. So Spencer, Jason, and Hannah start to head to the door. Allison hangs back for a moment. And she's like, if he's still alive, why would he do this to me, to us? And Spencer says, I wish I knew. So Jason and Spencer proceed forward. Hannah kind of hangs back, comforts Allison. Well, she has to come back and like put her arm around Allie and like lead her on. I mean, Jesus, prison really broke you, Allie. Or this is all a long con. Like, I'm hoping this is all some elaborate con game. You hoping that uh, Hank Mahoney shows up again? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's got the the black wig on and everything. That'd be great. Uh, so Jason opens the door to this place, tries a light switch, doesn't nothing happens. His electricity's been turned off. So he's no longer doubting himself. Yeah. So they all walk in. They kind of silently split up. Ominous music plays, and Allie looks sad. I think we all know if Arya was here, she would check the bedroom. Yeah. So they need Arya to be like, "I'll check the bedroom." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of which, in the dark room, Arya's like doing shit for photos. Ar- which Arya's almost... in the the world's last dark room on the Perf- planet. Her photos are almost exclusively of creepy doll heads. Creepy close-ups of doll heads. And, and you know, the way this is lit, it's a dark room. So it's basically all in, like, red and black. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hangs up, you know, another photo to, to dry of a creepy fucking doll head. This is the second last uh, dark room in the world. The first was the one in, like, the Jason set up in the shed on the D. Lawrence's property. Yeah, sure. But which that had one, photos that of Arya sleeping in it. That one's not there anymore, so I'm going to call this the last dark room on Earth. Okay. Uh-huh. So she's hanging up her photos to dry. She like goes to the shelf behind her to get some like solution or whatever. She moves the bottle, and there's a note from A. It mm. says, you're my doll, bitch. A. Welcome back, eh? Yeah. Um, and so what? she picks up the bottle and kind of numbly stares at it and starts to fugue out. This is a bottle of pink hair dye, mm-hmm. as we see in her flashbacks. Uh, there's almost a quick little musical cue like from Lost when they did their flashback. So mm-hmm. yeah, we see the the hair dye in the flashback. Uh, it has a name song. on it. It says Arya. Yeah, uh, pink highlights or whatever. So written in pink uh, by a, we see a sign that says, use it or you'll get a surprise. Surprise is underlined. Signs framed. It's on the nightstand with the hair dye bottle. Arya's in her well, fake I think the sign, like, what is it? Is it like on like a TV or something? No, it looks to me like it's a like a little mini chalkboard. Like a chalkboard, like okay. Yeah. yeah. So Arya, have her long hair still in this flashback, looks up at the camera, which is in the corner recording. Doesn't she her. look like super young with the long hair? She does, but I think um, I I think Lucy Hell's like been working mm, out or something. This is fun. This is fun. Keep going. Yeah, I I don't know how to word it. Like <laughs> she looks different from season five to season six. Dig yourself deeper. It's, yeah, it's not just the hair. Um. She looks lovely as always. So she's getting defiant. She's like, "I'm not your doll," and then she smashes the frame sign and like flings everything off the nightstand. Well, she does so, what what she's born to do, which is throw shit around and and trash it. Yeah. So back in the now, Arya sits the note down on the shelf again, calling. She remembers something else. We get another dollhouse flashback. Well, I just want to know: Does A provide some bleach for her to use that hair dye, or is this some sort of special pink hair dye that like has the bleach mixed in? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I just want to see the A tag of like a person in a black hoodie of gloves, like in the uh, like drugstore like aisle, like looking <laughs> at all these things, asking for help. <laughs> hey, pretty eyes, you looking for some pink hair dyes? Usually, you can't just put pink on black. Got that? Got to bleach that out first. Mm. Mm-hmm. Remember when I so, bleached my hair? 
right? So, uh, mm-hmm. so Arya wakes up in her bed in the fake room later. She sees the bottle in the nightstand again. Uh, says Arya, pink applicator on it. Then she looks over and sees something else. A new frame sign that says, Diet now or lose it all. She ponders that. Then she feels her hair, which feels shorter. She looks at her pillow, sees a bunch of clipped hair on the pillow. She gets up and we see that she's like feeling her hair. She's freaked out. A actually gave her a really nice haircut while she was sleeping. This is this is how she has the shorter hair this season because A gave her this very fashionable mod haircut. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent work, A. Yeah. Excellent. I, 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 I'm so curious. Did, they, did Lucy Hale cut her hair because they wanted to do this on the show or did she just want to get it cut and so they wrote this in i would love to know not that it matters but i always wonder like how those things work Hmm. like does the actress just get to do the hair however they want or in the show like writes around it or is it the other way around where they're like guess what lucy hale you're getting your hair cut well it's interesting to have it like actually address whereas it was a season four where from like 4a to 4b like ashley Mm -hmm. benson clearly had different hair um and there's no real point in mentioning it, even though her hair seemingly in the context of the dream logic of the show grew longer overnight and changed colors yeah uh, so in flashback we're still in the dark well, room so let's just ponder this uh you know because Arya's like totally traumatized by her, her hair being lopped off violation mm-hmm. so spencer woke up covered in blood mm-hmm. uh, Arya had her hair cut in the latest fashions that sounds about right that's just how it works when you're Arya. She's like, it was very traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't yeah. want to process it. Doesn't want to put in a corner in a box in her room. Doesn't want so, to write about it. So she's had enough in the dark room. She goes to the door, but it won't open. She's pounding on it, screaming for help. Help. Um, pounding some more. Knob, I don't know, it's like, you know, can't turn. She's stuck inside. So we go to commercial to come back. She's still pounding on the door. Finally, it opens up, and Arya just shoots out of that thing. And there's a dude, we'll call this guy Clark, because his name is Clark. Uh, he's like, hey, 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 it's okay, it's okay, you're all right. Uh, and she's taking big breaths. She finally spins around, looks at him, and she's like, did you see he went in there before me? And he says, no, I, I was in the other room. But whoever it was put a wedge in the door. That's why he got stuck. And he holds up a little, like, wooden, like, doorstop wedge. And he has this expression on his face like, man, that's totally weird that there is a wedge in the door. Like, he doesn't seem to grasp that this was intentional. At least that's my read on him. Right. He seems like a really nice guy. I would have loved... I, I like this guy. I like their scenes together. I would have loved, though, like if, say, Ari had left and this guy goes into the dark room because he's next to, like, you know, do his photos. Mm-hmm. And he just happens to look over on the shelf and there's a thing that says, You're my doll now. He's hey. like, That chick is weird. <laughs> yeah, that chick is really weird. So Ari's just like, I, I, I just needed to get some air and the door wouldn't open. So he's like, Hey, just take a few deep breaths. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. I, I am, I, I'm Clark, by the way. And she puts his hand out to shake and she kind of catches her breath neutralizes herself shakes his hand she's like aria thank you and just like that poor clark didn't know what hit him yeah she's playing it pretty cool all things considered yeah yeah definitely. like she isn't like totally freaking out she collects herself very quickly um it's that like weird like frilly like no sleeves thing she's wearing she looks like she belongs on babylon 5 or something Um, i gotta say too clark is seeing we talk a lot about how the girls are dressed you know uh clark is basically dressed in an outfit that i could just as easily see emily wearing He's even got a flannel shirt tied around his waist. It should also be mentioned that the shirt he has is black and red, eight colors. Mm. Never know. Um, I wonder if, do you think Arya's going to tell the liars about this A encounter? Because it seems like they've been keeping this to themselves. Like, wasn't there an, an A one in the last episode? I think, was it Hannah that got it? Well, there was the uh, the evil Snapchat. 
Yeah, I feel like there was a, another one though. Like, I it seems like they're not totally talking to each other still. Yeah. So outside Aunt Carol's house, it's fully dark now. Everyone's like walking around with like flashlights. Han, Hannah and Allison are talking. Well, Hannah's they're just like, exiting the house because seemingly they spent like hours in there searching the house because it's like dark now. They really took their time. Yeah, Hannah's like, I don't understand why your mom would keep this smelly old house when there's no one living here. And Allison's like, it doesn't make any sense. And Jason's like, we should check around the property before we go. And so she's like, okay, I'll check out that barn over there. <laughs> Hannah's like, well, I'll go with you. So Hannah sends her go off in one direction. Jason and Allison go in another. Hannah sees, or Hannah's cell phone starts ringing. She sees it as Caleb. She declines that shit. Declined. Um, Do you think, you know, I, I keep noticing that they're using like iOS 5 here. Do you think when they do the time jump that they'll like the prop people are going to put like the betas of iOS 9 on the phone to like make it look futuristic? You know, this is the I, kind of thing that interests me. I've watched shows. I've watched a couple shows where like in season one, they're clearly using iPhones and it's like mm-hmm. actual, you know, iOS and all that stuff. And then it's like by season three, they're they're using like that fake mm-hmm. phone operating systems that you'll see in TV shows sometimes. And I always wonder, like, why are you doing that? Like from a production standpoint alone, wouldn't it just be easier to use an actual iPhone and everything that goes with it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, um, but I, I, I really can't wait to see their phones in the time jump. I can't wait to see their like uh, like jet. We, we, sh- we should talk about the time jump at the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, not to get too spoilery. But yeah, so, Spencer, she wanders over towards the barn and she's looking up the weather vane on top of it. And of course, she starts fuging out again because this thing... This like weird bird on the weather vane makes her this think of giant the camera. Metal bird, yeah, yeah, it makes her think of the camera in the dollhouse watching her. And now she's flashing back again to being like bloody and pounding on the door. And she finally kind of drifts away from the door. She just looks deranged. And she looks up. So she's wearing that like kind of wife beater, but her blue cardigan sweater is hanging on the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she kind of stops banging on the door and walks over and looks at the camera. And she's like, "What did I do?" What did you make me do? Uh, love the uh, the kind of not lipstick blood on her lips. That's some great symbolism there. This was like the key selling point of the uh, teaser that they aired mm-hmm. at the end of the last episode. And like, I mean, I really felt like at the end of the last episode, you would start to transition away from the dollhouse nope. a little bit. No, I was like, holy shit, they're still going there. And it's awesome. And they're, I feel like they're going to keep going there, too. Like, it's. It's not getting swept under the rug at all. Which is great. And I hope that it, it kind of ties more into the key to, like, you know, defeating Charles. Mm-hmm. The game over itself. Uh, so back in the here now. So just breathing hard. She's recovering. Hannah comes up behind her, says her name. Spencer. Spencer turns. Hannah can clearly see that something is going on here. Yes. She's like, what's wrong? Spencer just looks like a mess. She's like, do you remember everything that Charles made you do? And, so, and Hannah's like, yeah, don't you? And Spencer's like, no. No, not really. I, um, I, I. I could barely sleep in there because every time I'd fall asleep, there was this really loud buzzer would go off. And and one night, finally, the buzzer didn't go off, so I fell asleep. And then when I woke up, my her, her hand is shaking, her voice oh, yeah. is cracking. She's so amazing, as usual. And so she's like, my hand, we're completely covered in blood. I, I have no idea what happened or whose blood it was. And the next morning, it was gone. And Hannah says, and you're, 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 you were sleep deprived. You probably just imagined it. And Sister says, no, I... I know what I saw. The blood wasn't just wasn't on me. It was smeared across the floor like somebody just dragged a body out. Hannah says, Charles must have put fake blood in there to make you think you hurt one of us. It was just another one of his mind games. But what if I really did hurt somebody? Who? And she uh, just shakes her head like not, not knowing, which is the worst yeah. thing. 
poor Spencer, who indeed, you know, this isn't the first time Spencer has suspected that she might have hurt someone. Well, as we covered, because I think we talked about Heather Hogan covering it before, is that she spent a whole half season suspecting herself of yeah. murder. Well, so I, I, you have to wonder, is this just A, playing on her fears? I have or, to think so. Or is there more? I mean, because there, there's a couple things. Like, you have to wonder, is A, just messing with her or not? But then you also have to wonder... Why does Spencer so strongly have this fear that she's hurt someone? Right. Is it linked to something real and rather than just like a fear? Maybe uh, we'll find out next week. Because I still wouldn't be surprised if she was the one who clobbered Bethany Young. I mean, Melissa saw, seemed to think so. Um, that would explain her like recurring nightmares about hurting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, we, we know that like a lack of sleep is something that kind of gives Spencer these semi-psychotic breaks. Right. So who even knows um you know my my theory since the beginning of the show has always been that she's the killer maybe she is i mean i don't yeah i mean i think it would be very interesting if there was indeed some trauma there that spencer's never been able to fully process or or remember but i I can't believe that this is solely the byproduct of the super stressful upbringing of the hastings family yeah well we know lack of sleep triggers her and that's what was happening in the dollhouse so who knows what she did uh, obviously, I think you have some theories about that we can get to at the ATAG. Yeah, so uh, meanwhile, Emily and Sarah are, are walking through a, a park or whatever at night uh, with the Friends opening theme fountain in the background. Yeah, Emily I'll will be there, be for, there you. for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, we shouldn't be out here alone. <laughs> We're together. Nothing's going to happen. Except the little romance. Yeah. Where are we going? Uh, and Emily's like, it's a surprise. You're going to like it. Trust me, because you totally like surprises after being held in captivity for years. Um, and she's like, I do trust you. She's basically like, I am, you know, yours. Yeah, uh, it's it's supposed to be endearing, but the way Sarah said it kind of creeped me out. Also, I find it's interesting that you packaged a Tara reference into the Sarah and Emily storyline. Felt it was uh, the right reference to make. Yeah, where so, are the cops in this town? They're wandering in the middle of the night through this park. There's a serial kidnapper on the loose. Like, is there, like, is Lorenzo just, like, on foot following, like, like 200 yards back just the whole time? He's like, God damn it, these bitches well, I mean, yeah, are, walking are they, everywhere. Are they just, obviously, they're just covering their houses. I mean, right? I, I feel like they would have to have, like, like, they're, you know, they tell the cop, I'm going to the brewery or whatever, so the cop has to follow him. I mean, I don't know. What would be the point of covering their house when they're not there? Yeah, I, yeah, maybe it's one of those things where it's like Hannah's like, I'm going to go to the brew. I'll be back in half an hour. And the cop's like, okay, that's fine. You're going to be in public. And then it's like half an hour comes by and Lorenzo's like, she's not back yet. I'm going to get fucking fired. <laughs> it's cool. You can't get fired for shit in this town. <laughs> so in the Hollis photo lab, uh, Clark and Ari are both working on their photos on the, uh, is it a light board? That's a light board, yeah. Ari comes over, she sees Clark's photos, and she actually says, wow, these are really cool. And he's like, oh, you think so? And she's like, yeah. Mm, she's, yeah got a, uh, she's got a stack of photos of her own photos in her hand. But yeah, she she points out a photo she likes of his. She, yeah, especially this one. It's a photo of like this very stark, like leafless tree. Uh, those are all so, black and whites, of course. It's a moody one, a yeah. tree against the backdrop of a tormented sky. He's like, All, all of Clark's uh, photos here are these kind of like moody, Instagrammy, like black and white location shots. Yeah, they're like uh, naturey hellscapes. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, oop, nope, that one doesn't work. I uh, I used the wrong filter. And she's like, no, it's really good. Well, he he's just like, like picks it up and puts it to the side. Yeah, he's like, really good doesn't cut it for National Geographic. And I want to give Ari more credit than this, but she says, 
oh, you work for them? And he's, and like, he's like, yeah, that's why I'm in a college darkroom. Yeah, yeah. Of course, in the, the romantic comedy version of this, he's like, well, yes, I do. Do you want to go says, to dinner? Yeah, no, but I hope to one day. Uh, honestly, Clark, if you want to work for Natural Geographic and, you know, I'm just throwing this out there, you might want to look into digital photography. I feel like there's a future in that, not so much in this whole darkroom thing. Right. Just saying. Uh, so he, he looks over at her stack of photos. And but he's it's, like, it's such an Aria thing, though, from the guy who has the old timey mm-hmm. typewriter in his his one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Studio vintage shit. He, he sees her stack of photos. He says, ooh, now that's a haunting image. Uh, and Arya grimaces because he he basically just takes the stack out of her hands and he pulls out the creepy baby doll shot and puts it on the light board, which I mean, just run, Clark, just run as fast as you can. And Arya's like, oh, uh, don't really know why I took that one or these 400 other <laughs> of similar subject matter. And he's like, oh, I like how it's framed off center like that. You know, her photography, like her writing, I assume is mostly personal. I assume that Clark is just trying to play it cool right now so she won't murder him. <laughs> and he kind of he starts trying to look through her other photos and he's like, oh, you have a great eye. And she kind of politely, you know, but quickly snatches them away. And he he kind of nods like, uh-huh. And he says, you can't be afraid to show people your work. Uh, you get some feedback. You'd be surprised how much it can help. And she kind of has a little smile and then her phone rings. Look, 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 look. We can all disagree on or debate a lot of our hot takes on mm-hmm. the Arya character. But there's one thing that I think all PLL fans can agree on. Arya does not take feedback. <laughs> oh, she that takes it and then she throws it back in your eye. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Arya, your phone beeps. She says, that's go. My dad's waiting outside. Uh, so he holds up that photo that she liked of like the weird like naked tree. And he says, something to remember me by? And so she kind of takes it and smiles, says thanks. She walks off and he makes some kind of like weird conflicted faces here. What do we make of this guy? I like Clark. I mean, I know a lot of people like you can't not see this guy and just like people are like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to see Arya date Clark or, oh, I like Clark, whatever. I, I, I like the guy just as a character. Well, he's do you think he's a love interest? Age. I don't know. He could be. I mean, I like the idea that sh- that she could just meet a person and have a platonic nice hmm. scene with. You know, well, I, I kind of wonder, like, we know that there's theoretically a, a prom coming up, you know, for their, their, their real prom, not their fake prom at some point. Uh-huh. Do maybe they think like we need to give Arya like an age appropriate date to take the prom. Like I just a former teacher at the I, high school. <laughs> you know, I mean they've they've gotten away with a hell of a lot with Ezra, but I don't know if you could take your teacher to prom. I'm just not sure if that is a bridge too far. You know, somewhere somewhere Marlene King is just like oh. Yeah, well, here's the thing though, and I brought this up during the Christmas episode. They were both volunteering there. It was pretty apparent they were dating. He had yeah. resigned for the second time. But, I mean, that's at least not like a, a romantic uh, event. You know, I mean, you could kind of, pretty- like, look the other way on that. Like, a prom is like, like, hey, Arya just showed up with a teacher who taught her here this year as her date. Like, I, I don't know. That that seems like a bridge too far to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somewhere Marlene King feels like somebody just walked over her grave, probably. Her ears are burning. She's like, I'll, I'll take that challenge. I like that she uh, she did have to finally tweet, like, people would get past the ships. Yeah, I think that was a whole Emerson thing that, that was about. But, I mean, I, I could definitely see this guy dating Arya. I mean, he's probably only a few years older than her. Yeah, if that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, he has, like, a weird, like, I don't know, quasi, like, doubtful look on his face when she walks away, which makes me wonder what exactly is this guy's deal. Oh, hold on. 
you just met Arya. You're going to be doubtful about something. He's probably wondering like where his like bug bag is right now or his bug out bag. <laughs> Got to get out of town. I know. I feel like based on this encounter, I'd be intrigued by Arya. This is not probably the freakiest encounter she's yeah, had she's of a complete a stranger. Mysterious girl with a lyrical name. Those huge eyes. Uh-huh. And she takes 400 photos of creepy dolls. <laughs> and she she seemingly had an episode bursting out of someone like locked her in a dark yeah. room. I mean, this this is like well, I don't think he realizes that she was like trapped in there. You know, it's just like, this oh, is that was weird. The craziest meet cute of all time. No. I mean, it's no B-26. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So we're uh, at Carol's house. It's night. Spencer and Hannah, they they hear uh Allie calling, you know, Spencer, Hannah over here. So they come around the side of the house where Allie is. She's there with Jason. Jason's shining his light on a headstone, mm-hmm. a little grave that says Charles, beloved son on it. No last name, just Charles. And, you know, because Spencer's like, are you okay? And Jason says, so this is why my mother didn't want me to stay here. She didn't want me to see this. And Hannah's like, your dad says Charles was cremated. I love that Hannah ha- will like not drop the point that Kenneth lied no. or has some kind of like like lack of truth. Yeah, and Allie says she must have lied to him, and Spencer says, "Why would she bury him here?" And Jason's like, "I guess she wanted to keep this memorial for herself." And Allie's like, "That's why she wouldn't sell the house." This is all like a lot of rationalization here. Uh, and see, Hannah, I, I I do appreciate the fact that these two just found out about this older dead dead brother and now have to also mourn him in the life that would yeah. would have included him. Yeah, Hannah's going to speak for all of us here and say, we've been down this road before. Every time Abe thinks we're onto him, he does something to throw us off track. Spencer's like, what are you fucking MVP of this episode? Oh, yeah. Spencer says, what are you saying? Hannah says, I'm saying this headstone is fake, planted here by Charles to make us think he's dead. And Allie's like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Says the girl who's had three, count them, three fake grays on this show already. She's like, that's ridiculous. And Hannah says, no, what's ridiculous is you think your brother's actually buried here. And Spencer's like, easy, Hannah. And Hannah says, no, this isn't a cemetery. And there's no casket down there. I'll prove it. And then she just grabs a shovel. Yes. Conveniently, there's a shovel right there. Yeah, Spencer's basically Saeed here. She's like, but still, I did not believe it to be true. Hannah so I dug dead. up that grave. Yeah, Hannah is, yeah. yeah All the other, it's Hannah, not Spencer, who's the Saeed this time. Mm-hmm. And Allison's just like, that's my brother's grave. You can't do that. And Hannah says, watch me. <laughs> watch me, bitch. Seriously, pipe down, Allie. You didn't even know he existed a day ago. Uh, and Allie's just like, Jason. Jason's looking at the headstone. He's like, stop. Stop digging. It's real. But Spencer, or Hannah, like, she'd taken, like, what? Like, one one shovel for, full of dirt out, and she slams the shovel down. I mean, let's be honest here. There's no way Hannah digs a six-foot hole in the ground by herself right now. Right. Like, that would take all night. Like, that was an empty threat, Hannah. I mean, yes, you should dig it up to be sure, but uh, she would have needed some help, I think. Well, also, grave robbing is just absolutely a detail that needs to be added to this show, to their mm-hmm. repertoire. Well, I mean, they kind of already have. True, true, true. <laughs> uh, Jason says, the grave is real. And Hannah's like, how are you so sure? And he says, look at the roots wrapped around the headstone. They've been growing that way for years. He no longer doubts himself, guys. Yeah, he's like, yo, I've seen a few grow operations in my time, and those <laughs> root structures are fucking real. Uh, so she's like, oh, he's right. Nobody could have put this here. So Hannah gets down to check it, too. Like, you're both fucking high. Allie, like, like she remains standing, and she's just like, Charles really is dead. Um, here's my thing. I think we all know by now that A is both like the wind as well as being like the roots that grow up from the depths. I just, you know, Allie, she's like even sadder now. Charles really is dead. 
And I just wanted Spencer, you know, not to be impolite, but to, for Spencer to turn to Allie and just be like, do you need a mite all? What's going on? Why are you so emotional? They should have walked back to the car, all got in the car, and Hannah should have been like, oh, you know what? I forgot my uh, my thing back at the thing. Spencer? Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, yeah, I'll help you look for it. And they go and dig up that fucking grave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're two sitting in the backseat. Also, I mean, I don't believe for a second that this is real. I mean, maybe this is the writers, like, just, like, reverse, like, red herring. But you had the right idea, Hannah. You got to dig that shit up. Mm-hmm. Hey. Like, they, they, it, sure, this headstone could have been here for a while. That doesn't necessarily mean there's a body underneath there. True. Uh, so, after the commercial, we see Jason give Allie this, like, super awkward, like, junior high school hug. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spence and Hannah walk off. And Hannah says, you led us down the wrong path with all those stupid blocks and anagrams. How meta. Uh, and Spencer says, Charles is still the key to all this. And Hannah's like, how? And Spencer says, A is assuming his identity. He has the De Laurentiis home movie. He had to have known Charles. Mm-hmm. Hannah says, Charles was institutionalized almost his entire life, Spencer. And Spence says, exactly. So A must be somebody Charles knew at Radley. Five points of Slytherin. Yeah, Spencer who sure of herself again. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Sarah Harvey jumping in a pool. They've broken out their uh, underwater photography again. Uh, Sarah Harvey looks like she's just like in her underwear, basically. I she's like ca- how that we that I wasn't the only people who was like, uh, "Is this Paige's backyard?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, all the Paley shippers on Twitter lost their shit when they saw that Emily and Sarah Harvey were in a pool here. I almost wish it was in Paige's house, just like. You know, just all the way in with the knife, not halfway. Um, <laughs> and Emily's like, good job. And she's clapping and they laugh. And Sarah's like, well, the water feels so good. And Emily's like, is that a smile on your face? And she's like, it might be. And Emily's like, okay, my job here is done. Or it's just getting started. Emily's got some crazy game here, yo. Mm-hmm. And Sarah says, hey, how long can you hold your breath for? And Emily's like, a while. I was a swimmer. Innuendo. Yeah, and Sarah's like, oh, let's see. And Emily's like, you want to have a competition? And Sarah's like, yeah. So Emily, you know, counts down one, two, three. They both take breaths. They duck underwater. And there's this nice underwater shot of them. And I feel like you're totally expecting them to start making out here. Yeah, you, like, s- you expect some kind of like cute underwater chase. Kiss. Yeah, it's like in Hackers or something. Um, but instead, Sarah comes back to the surface in like, what, five seconds? Uh, if that. And Em comes back up. She's like, that's it? And Sarah laughs. And Emily's like, you know, it takes practice. Uh, so they're smiling at each other. There's definitely some eye chatter. And Sarah turns away and she swims to the edge. And so Emily frowns and swims over to her. And she's like, hey, what just happened? And Sarah's I like, forgot. I forgot. Yeah. What? What it's like to swim. To feel weightless. You gave me that. Emily's like almost like speechless under the weight of this gratitude. She's like, I, I, I didn't do anything. Nobody's ever looked out for me before. It's kind of a it's kind of a touching moment, and ironically, it's Emily here who came in like a wrecking ball into Sarah's world. Uh, So Ari's living room. She's like laying out. Do you think we'll ever see Sarah Harvey's friends again? Uh, No, because wasn't the one girl? Didn't she come forward to say she kind of fucking hated Sarah Harvey? Well, yeah, that that's why I'm wondering. Like, I mean, she was like the alley of her group once upon a time i kind of wonder if we'll ever pick back up on like claire or you know right was it like avery was like the crazy one yeah i think everyone assumed that avery was spencer the spencer yeah and that claire was hannah and then like there's two claires in rosewood now Mm -hmm. um yeah so ari's living room she's laying out her photos on the table one of the photos is of her bedroom which she inspects byron walks in as he does she starts like quickly stacking and putting with his photos and he's like getting hungry 
She says, yeah, a little bit. He can sense well, the that way, she's a the little... The way she says that is very pitched. Like, maybe she might be about to cry. Yeah, he can sense that she's still a little standoff. So he doesn't push. And he's like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll go get dinner started. And she decides that this is her moment. So she's like, Dad, can I show you something? He's blown away by this. And he's like, please. So he comes over and she shows him like another photo of her bedroom. And she says, you know, my room in that place looked exactly like this. Except behind the window, there was a dirt wall. There is no closet behind this door. The room was locked at all times. There was no way for me to get out. She already has like the one tear. And then she just kind of oh. like collapses the couch, like starts sobbing. And like, yeah, Byron's like stunned that, that she just opened up so suddenly like this. I really like the delivery because her voice was very steady and matter of fact. But she was like started crying as she said it. You know, yeah. and she's like almost whispering. There's no way for me to get out. Um, good work by Lucy Hale and Chad Lowe here. Mm-hmm. And so she just sits on the couch and covers her face and starts sobbing kind of sits down hesitantly puts an arm on his shoulder and she just kind of leans over and melts into him yeah Poor so Arya. like not you know byron's like not a terrible father here so you're like wait a minute but byron usually represents like the shittiness of the patriarchy meanwhile well, doesn't, doesn't <laughs> it kind of make sense that son of a bitch though he is like it had to be her dad who she finally opened up to yeah, I guess. Uh, I had seen on Tumblr where somebody had like uh, redone the dialogue for the gifts, and it was like Byron's like, "Hey, can I come in?" And Arya's like, "No, you're the worst." And he's like, "Okay, <laughs> see ya." <laughs> yeah, it's a nice, you know, sad moment. Arya's finally letting some of it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she, there's no way out for her. So, speaking of the patriarchy, uh, number one dad, Caleb. He's <laughs> he's sitting at the kitchen table. He's drinking his tea. He's got or his coffee or whatever. Yeah, oh, it's tea. There's a little tea bag hanging out. Okay, um, that's important that I point that out for no reason. Like a crime scene, we stare at these episodes. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, he's got his disapproving face on. Um, this is. I feel like I like. I've been short selling my Caleb stock for years, and this is where I cash in. Mm. Uh, and Hannah comes in. She's like, "Hey, sorry, I'm late." And he's just like, "No problem. Your mom let me in." They're getting awfully close, aren't they, Ashley and Caleb? This is very similar to, yeah, they are, because uh, he made her a promise during those three weeks. Mm-hmm. But this is getting very similar to the, uh, was it last week, the Veronica and Spencer scene? It is, yeah. And, you know, I just speaking of Ashley and Caleb, just personal policy, you never want the mom to be happier with you than the girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? That's a bad, that's a bad place to be. You don't want the mom to be your number one fan. Why is that? It seems like it leads to bad things. You don't want your your girlfriend to feel like she's competing with yeah. her own mother for attention. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like Caleb is basically trying to set like a conversational tiger trap here. He's just like, oh, no problem. Your mom let me in. How's Spencer? Well, and this so, is where Hannah needs to say, don't try to catch me in a lie. It's humiliating. Yeah, yeah. She gets some water. She comes over. She's like, she's good. She's she's gonna casual her way through this. And Caleb's mm-hmm. like, oh, I stopped by to see if you guys want to grab dinner, but uh. You went there. And she's like, well, we went out for food. And he's like, you did? Where? The woods? Why do you have dirt all over your clothes? He's trying to put an emotional tracker on her. And she's like, Caleb, stop at the third degree, okay? And he's like, Hannah, what's going on? Why are you lying to me? And she's like, gestures to the bag on a chair nearby. And she's like, what is that? And yeah, it's like a duffel some, bag. I brought some clothes. Your mom said I could stay a while. And Hannah's not having it. She's like, well, I'd rather you didn't. He's like, what? Why not? And she's like, because you're suffocating me. Okay. I understand how hard it must have been when I was gone. And you feel like you have to protect me now. But your constant need to keep tabs on me is making me feel like I'm still in that bunker. And that is not what I need right now. And he's like, what you know, do you need? 
the other liars kind of communicate in like subtext to their mm-hmm. their significant others in their family. Hannah only communicates in text here. Oh, you make me feel like I'm there. back in the bunker. Yeah. Yeah. And so Caleb says, what do you need? And I like this moment because you can see on Ashley Benson's face. It's like she she realizes what she, you know, she realizes her response and the implication of her response mm-hmm. in the moment. But then she says it anyway. You know, it's like she just realized what she has to say. And she says, I need a little space. And Caleb, he's, he's not going to reply to that. He just kind of gets up, pissed and, and gets his bag and walks off without a word. Well, I think that's to it. That's the one thing that's to his credit is. Yeah, I get you don't like it, Caleb. Maybe you need to go process your part in this. Well, I mean, I feel like like people. I don't think this is them like breaking up or anything. No, 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 no. She just needs some fucking breathing room here. Well, but see, my point is that in the moment, I can understand that Caleb doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. But he needs to not say anything he's going to regret. Walk out of that room. Go process his part. Well, there's so nothing I led her to this. There's nothing he can say. You know, yeah. the, the I need space well, the only thing talk. He can say is he something just, shitty. Yeah, you, you know, you have to leave. That's what she needs, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Um, maybe maybe go away and realize that you're trying to make yourself feel better, not her. Well, maybe you know, like for Caleb, it's like, dude, just just you don't do anything. You don't mm-hmm. need to make a big, big grand gesture. Just, just go away for a little while. Give Hannah some time to process. You yeah. know, it's, it's not suddenly over. You're not breaking up. Just give her a little space. Yeah. So we're going to brew. Uh, Spencer walks out from like the back area of like her plastic container, most likely of cookies. She's seen by Ezra, who's carrying a box. And he's like, Oh, hey, Spencer, what are you doing here so late? And she has to have this fucking <laughs> moment with this fucking guy. And she's like, um, um, Sabrina made me some cookies. And he's like, She did. And he, she's like, Yeah. And well, so there's just a little smile she like out of the corner of her mouth. It's like she's basically like, you know what's going on here. Like, I know you know what's up. So he sets it down. He comes close. and He's like, look, Spencer, I'm not judging. I can't even begin to imagine what you went through down there. But I know that coping can't be easy. And she's like, that's an understatement. He's like, but when those wear off and they will, whatever's bothering you is still going to be there. Thank you for the approval and the advice and the judgment, Ezra. Yeah, Spencer's like, thanks for the talk. She turns to go, and she's like, Spencer. She spins back around. She's angry, a little hurt. She says, I can't sleep, okay? My mind won't shut off. I just I just want to quiet the noise. I need to quiet the noise. Uh, and she takes off, leaving him to ponder how none of this is his business. Yeah. Uh, I mean, geez, you know, you roll some molly with a guy and have an orgy with him one time. And he thinks yeah. he can give you life advice forever. Yeah, but yeah, it's funny you mentioned it earlier. I, I just couldn't help but be reminded when they were antagonists in the Dark Spencer Saga 2 and she kicked his ass. It wasn't even like Ezra was the the Moriarty to her Sherlock. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even like the Sebastian Moran to her, oh, to her Sherlock. What do, we, what do we think about Ezra? Because he's very conspicuously desperate for details for several episodes now yeah i can't think that that's not intentional like i i wonder if it's another intentional red herring yeah what i keep flashing back to what brian holden said in the interview though about ezra writing his book right ezra will get a chance to do some writing do some writing yeah because it i don't know it's like it's conspicuous and either it's a red herring or, or this is leading somewhere. I don't think this is just like we needed a, you know, something for, you know, Ian Harding to do like this. <laughs> this feels intentional, whatever we're seeing. I just don't know where it's leading yet because he's he's being a total creep this half season so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's very desperate to like 
kind of stay in the game and, and get details. Uh, uh, hey, do you want to talk about the time jump a little bit, or should we save that for the end of the... We can do it now, but I wonder, you know, like, I know you want to get into, like, the ooey-gooey and, like, let your character be a little nasty, be a little filthy, like, not be so squeaky clean sometimes, but I wonder at one point, is Ian Harding, like, walk in there and be like, Ezra's a dirtbag, and I'm tired <laughs> of playing him that way. Can he just be clueless again? <laughs> yeah. So, let's talk about the time jump a little. I mean, this is, you know, quasi-spoiler-ish, but... um whatever so we we know a time jump's coming if you've listened to our like interview podcasts it's kind of annoying that they're filming right now like i we were talking before they'd started filming 611 we were hoping like oh maybe they'll have like a hiatus until like the season's over which well, we were like it's a shame because as much as we all love that the actors have instagrams and snapchats mm-hmm. and everything i don't want to know what that looks like yeah it's like you can't you can't lock that down. Well, That's the and it's like having it be a mid season thing. You see a character, and it's like okay, well, obviously, if if that character is after the time jump, then you know, we can rule them out of this or that. Um, like Carpenter Toby. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I want to. I, wanna, I thought we maybe do a little bit of a you know before it's completely ruined for us, and we have an idea of what happens. Like, what would you like to see after the time jump? Because I just want to throw an idea out for you. Let's let's just imagine they did like a three month hiatus in uh-huh. the shoot so we didn't know and they're just like keegan allen you need to start eating constantly because you're going to be a fat cop <laughs> after the time jump like uh uh, uh like leah dama and the the basswork yeah the reboot yeah and then after two episodes they get rid of the prosthetic belly and, and keegan like he's just sweaty at the town he's like well remind me never to get fat again mm-hmm I see maybe Ezra, he grows one of those like insecure hipster beards. Where he's want, like trying to feel oh, manly. Like a, like a lumber sexual beard. I uh-huh. want Ezra to be bald. <laughs> I can see <laughs> like, that as well. Like crazy comb over. I mean, does Spencer just go completely off the deep end after high school? Like, I mean, I don't know. there's been all these like kind of hints this season. Like, oh, maybe Emily will join the army. Maybe Arya's going to be a photographer. Is this pot thing with Spencer, is this just, like, for her nerves, or is she just going to be, like, a full-blown, like, just, like, burnout loser by the time we get back from the top time jump? Or Not like, that pot, it's on its own, will, like, turn you into that, but, you, like, she's got the personality to just go off the deep end. Right, right. Or they get their uh, reverse value of the dolls thing. I, you know, the thing is, like, you want it to be initially set up, though, like, this is their happily there ever after. Yes, yeah, I don't know. I just to me there's more drama and like everything not working out perfectly though. I mean, Did you, you think you think at least the... one of them isn't going to have like the perfect life when they come back from the time jump. Right. Somebody's life needs to be like in shambles and the renewed mystery gives them hope. I mean, doesn't it seem it like together. that would be Spencer? I don't even know, man. I really don't. Um and that's the thing that they could what they could do with these four girls could be anything. Mm-hmm. Six year time. Did you see the screenshot where somebody had like the the cover page, that script, the title? I did not. No. The title is supposedly "Of Late I Dream of Rosewood." Oh, okay, yeah, I saw that that mentioned somewhere. Which is title. which is a great title. Yeah. I, I I hope it's real. I'm very intrigued by it. I mean, I would like to think that Six Eleven would start. You know, not just not. I would almost want it to be like there's a teaser in Six Ten. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like a you know the last two minutes of the episode, something. Yeah, like that. yeah, but uh, you know what? What they're gonna do? What they always do? Fight them Cylons. Um, <laughs> well, but like, 
presumably they're all going to be somewhere else and be called back to Rosewood for like a funeral or a wedding or it's a gonna baby. It's going to be a wedding. I mean, it's got to be, right? Or a funeral and a wedding. Mm-hmm. Hopefully no babies. Babies are death to TV. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I don't you know, want I, Hannah to have to get a babysitter to I like know. go like dig up a, a grave. I did see one theory, which I don't think will happen, but I, I, I like the imagery. So I just want to throw it out where it's uh, some somehow Ezra is, is Charles or Big A or whoever. Um, but we don't know this because the Arya somehow, I don't know, she shoots him or what. She kills A mm-hmm. and then Spencer takes the mask off like it's like Scooby-Doo and it's Ezra and he's dead. Yes. I would love that. That'd be so awesome. Well, no, so that. Arya, Arya burns down like, you know, they have like their final battle in Radley or whatever. Mm-hmm. She burns it down. They all escape. They assume that Ezra died in the fire if he's Charles. And then like you have like the time jump. And everyone's talking about whatever new thing. And, you know, you know, it can't be answered because he's dead. And then it's like end of episode two. Arya comes back to the Montgomery family manor. She goes down in that basement. We see that she's been keeping Ezra like locked up there for the past six years. And Ezra's like, it was so unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, shh. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, let's uh, pinch this one off. We go to Allie's house. No, no. I, I would I would be okay with the baby if Caleb, if it was like Hannah and Caleb baby. And Caleb, for the rest of the like, last season and a half in the show, always has the baby on that like carrier thing where it's on his chest. Mm-hmm. Like even when he's hacking and coding and stuff, like there's the baby like right up under his uh, chin. Uh, babies. Ugh. Yeah. So Arya's living or Allison's living room. Allison comes in. There's uh there's Kenneth sitting in a chair of some whiskey, like he's Peter Hastings. <laughs> yeah, she walks right past him. He's like in the corner. He's like, "Where were you tonight?" Uh, and Allie it's says, "Middle-aged white guy brooding in the dark." I'm yeah, like, Aunt Carol's, and he's like, "Carol's, why?" And Allie says, "I thought I thought somebody might." Uh, never mind. It's like she just decides halfway through that sentence. I don't need to explain myself to you, lying son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, and Kenneth's just like. You should know why we put Charles in Radley. And she stops and turns to hear this. And he looks good and hammered now. So he's going to do When you were 11 months old, your mother was out in the garden with Jason. I put him in your crib to take a nap and then went put outside to turn on the grill. Yeah, put you in the crib. I didn't yeah. put Jason in your crib. <laughs> That's why Whatever. I've been talking for two hours. I always get a little loose at the end here. Uh, so he, he goes outside to turn on the grill. And when I came back, I heard you screaming. I ran upstairs and found you in the tub. The water was on. It was scalding hot and rising fast. And Charles was just standing there, watching you slip under. And Allie's like, stop it. I don't want to hear anymore. Let him rest in peace. I i don't know. I'm not convinced they need to feel bad about Charles. He sounds Allison. like a fucking psychopath. So Allison walks out. Can't take another sip. Uh, I feel like Allison's doing like the Aria thing here where she just wants it to be done. Yeah, I mean, let's so, just be where we type the end. Yeah, yeah, we get the A tag. Um, we see a, a desk with a stack of photos on it. The top one of which is Allie. Interesting. Where like else season one, Allie. Where else do we see photos in this episode? Um, and there's a little dish of saltwater taffy there, and that clown piggy bank. A t- A takes uh, one of the taffies there, and A's on their computer. It has like a, a map of the city of Rosewood up, and we can see there's little like little locations of like the various you know fields household hastings household which made me think of when they were had that very similar map in like episode one of this season yeah like tracking um so and then we we see that obviously there's like there's little tracker little icons beeping you know we see the liars are all you know they're they're 
tracking devices basically are all showing that they're at home except for emily who's still at the community pool well i think probably like banging sarah harvey in the pool i guess well i think visually it's fascinating because like they show arias in the montgomery household spencer's at hasten's household which is uh, near clark park in the rosa business park you know uh, hannah's at home and then they show that like the fields thing where it doesn't have emily like mm-hmm. just letting you know that these trackers are not of the houses or whatever it's of the girls themselves because we then mm-hmm. see the community pool thing um also, near, I think it's Spencer's, there's a Lazarus Lane and a Reedman Road. <laughs> yeah. So, does this mean that there's no tracker in Sarah Harvey? And would that then suggest that she's in on it? The only thing about that is, if she's there with Emily, so obviously she's not Black Hoodie A right here. I mean, unless Emily just, like, stayed to swim. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why don't you just walk home? I'm going to enjoy the after. Yeah, I'm going to do some laps. Even my shoulder's probably, feeling better. Yeah, I shouldn't be swimming because it's like deaf to my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a uh, Goldsmith Lane near the community pool. Yeah. Um, so uh, you thought that A put these trackers on and like that's... Or Spencer did. Was, yeah, A had Spencer put the trackers in. That's why it, she was bloody. It seems like it'd be convenient. I guess, although I just don't know like... The question is Could though, you fuke someone out enough to like make them do surgery? <laughs> no. Well, I think you could you could make them so sleep deprived and loopy that you could then get in and give them some kind of other drugs. Well, so I'm talking about her being bloody, though. Do you think that was just from her having a tracker put in her or that she was somehow involved in doing it to the other girls? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think having her do it to the other girls would be icing on top of the cake of mm-hmm. how fucked up it is to play on Spencer's old fears. I, I just don't know how you could get Spencer to do that, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's our A tag. That's the episode. Don't look now. Mm-hmm. Fun episode. You can, you know, definitely adjust your theories accordingly. There's a lot of new information here. Um, I mean, I, I guess we're still in this nebulous space where. We were focusing on Charles, which theoretically ruled out a lot of people in like certain age groups and whatnot. But now it's like, well, if Charles is actually dead, then this could still go back to, you know, the field is much wider once again now. If it's like a friend of Charles from Radley or something like that, you know, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be a guy in his mid-20s now. It could be all sorts of people. Right, right. Uh, it's interesting there's only six episodes left of PLL set in 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, pretty soon there's going to be no more red herrings, and we're going to get the actual answer. Uh, speaking of red herrings, though, so next week is called "She's No Angel," which return, features the return of Mona and Leslie and Radley and Maddie Ziegler as a dancing vengeance sprite. <laughs> yeah, um, so we'll be back next time. Let's see who does that episode. That next week's episode is an Oliver Goldstick, Mike Goldsmith written episode directed by Michael Grossman. So those think- sound like fun. I think those two writers did the next two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one after that, it's called No Stone Unturned. Yeah. So we'll be getting to that. Um, so we have a lot of reviews. We got a shitload of reviews just in the last week. Uh, just in the USA, there's H. Mower, Ashley Jane, Nikki Sue 1984, Classy Sassy 007, G. Brock, Emily Mariev, Say9, Brian W. Coffee. Nestep and Kendra Winterfeld all left us reviews on the podcast. Thank you so much. Also from Mexico, Team Sparia from the United Kingdom, Xander Mum, and from Australia, Gil E. Leanne and Lauren Michelle. Hmm. Damn. Thank you. That's yeah, a thank hell of a lot of reviews. We're just uh, 
the last week or so we're up to like 75 reviews now going crazy podcast is blowing up so thanks for everyone for that if you want to take the time yeah yeah if you want to leave a review you can do so in itunes it's always nice and theoretically bumps us up in the ratings or something uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can go to our website page, which is broswatchpll2.com. Our Twitter is at broswatchpll2. Uh, we recently made a change in the, the feed. You may have noticed uh, there is no longer all the last hundred episodes showing in our main podcast feed anymore. It's just season five onward. I made a new feed for seasons one through four because I know a lot of people wanted to listen to those older episodes and going to the website was a little bit of a pain. So you can now subscribe to a different feed for seasons one through four. Uh, if you search for Bros Watch PLL2, you should be able to find it. Uh, that has all the early seasons. Um, they're not great, some of them. Apologies in advance. Uh, we we learned as we went on how to podcast. But if you want to listen to the genesis of a, a lot of the jokes on the show, you can listen to those early episodes. Uh, you were saying something about iTunes if you don't subscribe. Oh, yeah. I don't don't know if this is permanent. Like in the last day or two, I noticed iTunes is only showing 20 episodes for like all podcasts. Like no matter what, it only shows you the last 20. Um, If you do subscribe and you can actually look at the feed and it'll show you all of them. So if you want to make sure you see all the episodes, subscribe to the podcast uh, in iTunes or whatever app you're using. I use Castro. That works well on iOS. Uh, uh, I just wanted to say, throw out some haze to Mia, Autumn, Talisha, Brittany, Paige, Laura, Laura Lee, Katie, Donna, Kendall, John, Ellie, Kate, Left Shark, Catherine, Katie, Mike, Stephanie, Darla, Aaron, Catalan, Meredith, Kimberly, Kate, Anne, Christy, Emma, Jasmine, Brenda, Brendan, Tori, and Talia, and Ashton, who is uh, one of my favorite commenters on Instagram. Um, and just anyone who's sent us something on Tumblr Instagram, we got a couple people on Tumblr who sent us like ideas for theories and things. Um, yeah, so thanks for anyone who took the time to contact us in any way. Yeah, always appreciated. There are so many different ways to do it now. And again, especially uh, I love the Saratoga thing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, this and is now, why please, I, please stop. It sounds like bullshit, but whenever I say that like uh, we're better because of people who listen and contact us, that's one of those things. Yeah. Also, hello to uh, to, to Reddit and the, the secret Reddit groups that uh, discuss us occasionally. Always appreciate that as well. Hmm. And that's about it for this episode. We'll be back next week with, uh, what's the title? She's no angel. She's no angel. The one <laughs> in the preview photos, Mona looks like Jenna. <laughs> She's like a, like a sin eater, right? Is that the, the term? Could be. Cool. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later.